Welcome to episode 416 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street spoiler-free podcast with me, Jamma, and him, Michael. Today we're talking about episodes of Coronation Street broadcast in the UK between the 27th of April and the 1st of May. That includes episodes 1054 to 1056. You were a good week this week, weren't it? It was. <gasps> so much excitement with Yasmin and Jeff. I know. Oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> talk about that soon. Anything good happened this week, Gemma, that you want to talk about before we get on to the Cory stuff? Nothing good happened this week. Do you want to mention about <laughs> smashing a hole in our lounge door? That's why I mean <laughs> nothing good happened. Come on. Well, I did. I smashed, a, I smashed the door. <laughs> I dropped the very heavy vacuum cleaner. And do you know what? I was literally thinking a few hours before that, it'd be so nice if we had one of those cordless, nice vacuum cleaners that you could just get out and hoover around. We've got this old Vax thing. We've got the old Vax thing that's usually got three wheels on and ours has got two wheels. Really? So I haven't even noticed that. So it doesn't really sound straight necessarily. <laughs> how, how did that happen? I don't know. I think that's right. That's not right. Oh, I don't know. Well, you've broken it then. Oh, so it's my fault that the lounge door is now smashed. <laughs> so we've got, we, had, we had four glass panels on our lounge door and now we only have three. <laughs> well, we made a little crack in it and then we just finished. We made, we made a hole in it and then I was like, oh God what we're going to do and then I sort of whacked it a bit and they all fell out again no no I slammed the door didn't I yeah and then they all, all the fun. bits of glass fell out and they were like let's just smash the hell out of it so because we're idiots we didn't put down newspaper <laughs> and we didn't even bother finding a hammer even though I know we've got one so Michael's just using a an adapter bar that went on my bike to put it on the back of a car <laughs> so it was like we we're trying to break into our own house yeah. Smash the hell out of it. That's probably a bit of DIY we've done. And then taped for, it up for months. And, and that's it because we're not no. buying a new door. And the reason this is relevant to the podcast Why is, is because we won't have to have um, Abby creaking door open anymore that's now because true. she's got a very handy cat. <laughs> I think we're I think we're pretty chuffed with the only bad thing about it now is that you can see how messy the hall is from the front yeah. room. <laughs> it's a bit like you know, you know in the seventies we just watched the episode of um of Cory West Dan and Hilda got the um the serving hatch and it was far far too yeah. big we have that but with a cat flap in our lounge door yeah and but it's not gives exactly room to grow the right time to be able to get somebody in to fix it really. not really so it'll have to do for it'll now. have to just do that's but, what we've been doing but this week. michael spends a lot of time crawling in and out of the room yeah it's fun like a idiot i don't I even know to open the door myself now i mean i'd be going but i did buy way. some wd-40 to um lubricate the the hinges which is should you wish to open the door step one of doing it which means it'll probably get done in about three weeks <laughs> i was probably gonna say three months there that's quite um optimistic. Quite optimistic yeah anyway people don't care about that they want to know about coronation street this week and what happened in this week in coronation street in years ending in a zero and a five so I've I hope got you've some, got some excellent quiz questions some for Some quite good stuff here. Go definitely some that you're going to moan about. Where did you else. get the information for this quiz from, Gemma? I got this from coronationstreet.fandom.com. And this is things that happen between the 27th of April and the 1st of May. Years ending in a zero and a five. On 27th of April 1970, mm-hmm. which widow returns from Australia? Irma Barlow. Irma Barlow. 27th of April, 1990. Who does Neil Mitchell marry? Oh, that's... 
I didn't know. Neil Mitchell. I didn't know which way round to do this because he marries somebody considerably more famous than him, i.e., famous in the show, and he's not. So I could have done it the, the other way around. Was the wedding in the show? I don't know. How am I supposed <laughs> to know these things? Um, I when I don't. say considerably famous, she is just a side character now. I don't know who Neil Mitchell. He marries died. Denise Osborne. Uh, okay. Good question. Thought you'd Good know question. That. Well, I could have said, who does Denise Osborne marry? You wouldn't have known, would you? No, I wouldn't have had a clue. So I thought I'd try. 28th of April, 1965. The men of the street plan to go to a football match while Minnie worries her TV won't work so she can watch it at home. Did what, we watch this one? What football match is it? <laughs> um... Manchester United? No. Manchester City? No, it's not who he was playing. It's what football match was it? It was a... It was a... The FA Cup final. Yeah! Oh, that's it. Yeah, yay! <laughs> did we watch that you one? You got a football question. Yes. Uh, no, no, I don't believe we did. I'm surprised I ever know what that is. I thought you were going to say the World Cup final. But we all know that was 1966 because exactly. that's the only time we've ever <laughs> won it. Uh, 29th of April, 1970. What do Irma and Ken fight over? Um, I don't watch this either. David's will. No, the fact that Irma and David had an argument before oh. the car crash. She blames him herself. And then Ken says something like, you're marked for life. Oh. Like, what does that mean? You put like, a gypsy curse on her. Like you're such a naggy wife, you killed your husband. And everyone will know. <laughs> no, no one will ever marry you and you'll be barren. Oh, no. 29th of April, 2005. Vera is annoyed at one of the callers at the bingo club and calls them a pufter. What is the name of the club and who is the caller? Oh, how am I This was only 15 years this? ago. What do you mean, how are you supposed to know this? This is a terrible question. I think you're a terrible reporter. You've done this joke before. <laughs> no, I haven't. Vera is annoyed at one of the callers at the bingo club and calls them a pufter. What is the name of the club and who is the caller? I mean, is it Sean? No, it's, that's a terrible name for a bingo hall. <laughs> Sean is the caller, yeah. I don't know. Weatherfield Bingo Hall. I'm surprised you don't know this because I recognise this. The Alhambra Bingo Hall. I don't recognise that at all. Wow, you need to brush up, mate. Brush up on my bingo. You've, only, you've got less than... You've got half right so far. Okay. 30th of April, 1975. How does Eddie Yates try to prove to Ray and Jerry that they need to buy his Alsatian for security? <laughs> and what is the dog's name? I thought this was easy. How does um, how does he prove that they should buy his Alsatian? Yeah, what does he do to try? Breaks to... into yeah. the yard. Do you know what the dog's name is? Uh, no. Fury. Okay, no, not a clue. Okay, I'm still on less than fifty percent. Thirtieth of April, two thousand and ten. Why does Tina collapse in the butcher's shop? <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know. Why did she? Come on, I've got no. Do you remember watching this? Yeah. Why did she collapse in the? What's just shop? happened in the McIntyre clan? Dad's dead. Is it because she's sad I'm that her dad's you dead? Any more clues? I don't know if I can give you that. Grief collapses she, with she grief. She just hasn't been eating. Uh, okay, no, you can't give me that. Right. Oh my gosh, you're terrible. Rubbish. 1st of May 2000, what is the name of Steve McDonald's new business and who does he open it with? This is a good 20-year anniversary question. Cram. Yeah. Yeah. What's his surname? Desai. Yeah. Well done. 1st of May 2015, what news does Erica return from Preston with? 
for Nick. I'm pregnant with your baby. That's right, yeah. There you go. But don't worry, I'm going to have a miscarriage. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Out of? Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Yes, <laughs> made it over half, but just that's a poor score this week. As I say, it's all about the quality of the questions. <laughs> you can do one, you can. <laughs> right, so happy 20th anniversary of Streetcars, everybody. As yes. we recording and uh, was it this week or last week? I can't remember. that. Jack um, David, Shepherd. Yeah, Jackie mm-hmm. Shepherd and Corey. 20 years of Corey. Also, Tanisha Gorey got a special birthday wish from us <laughs> on last week's podcast. It wasn't even a birthday this week. What a bloody rum do that was I know. she owes us one back then she absolutely does she might be the the queen of the teens on coronation street at the moment but it doesn't mean that she gets two birthdays in a year we're so gonna have to update that current page if you haven't done it already we're gonna have to have a word yeah right. if anyone doesn't know she put on her instagram uh, story a couple of days ago whenever it was supposed to have been or we thought it was thanks everybody for your birthday wishes but just to let you know her birthday's not until june the 9th or something so no idea where that came from. I wonder whether, like, originally the, the information was provided slightly wrong for privacy purposes. I always think that if I was uh, if I was a celebrity, I might not necessarily tell people when my real birthday was, like the Queen, so they get to. <laughs> okay, right, birthdays. 3rd of May, Tommy Boyle played Phil Jennings. 4th of May, Lucy Joe Hudson played Katie Harris. 5th of May, Bill Ward played Charlie Stubbs. Oh, what did we... I, don't know, I was just trying to think that. Was he in our, He was in Afterlife, wasn't he? That's right. We've been watching the second series of that at the beginning of it. Very good. Julie Foy, who was Gina Sudden the first. Sixth mm-hmm. of May, Susan Brown, who played Connie Clayton the first, and Joseph Aston of the Joseph of the Aston yeah. clan <laughs> um, played Tommy Tommy Duckworth the second. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, everybody! Not Tanisha Gorey. No, it's, we should just celebrate Tanisha Gorey's birthday every week. It's Tanisha Gorey's unbirthday again this week. It's not even like it was in her birthday month. No. It's her birthday. It's not even the same season, actually, if she's in the summer. It's, it's not bir- even the it's same. It's her birthday year. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Let's get on with talking about this week's curry in okay. Street Talk. Well, then, this week's Coronation Street. Wow, that wasn't um, flatulence. That was a shock. That was the... yeah, very, very similar sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> intense. It was intense. Harrowing. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and, and many other adjectives that I'm sure we'll see used to describe those episodes this week. And as usual, we are going to tackle um, serious subjects, but we hope that you excuse our irreverent humour because <laughs> this is how we deal with things that are dark and twisted. Like pubic hairs. No. So Take that out. <laughs> like... Talking of pubic hairs. Chlamydias. <laughs> <laughs> That's the segue I was going for. <laughs> I just didn't realise Oh, it's like it. we rehearsed it. Well, yeah, the storyline, the, the Yaz lighting story started off being chlamydias, but then um, by the end of it, Yaz lighting had turned into Yaz fighting. It did, didn't as it? As yeah, it gives definitely a taste of his own medicine. I don't think and it I'm was sure a there taste was some poetic justice there that he ends up with a wine bottle uh, around his head when he'd been using alcohol to control Yasmin for the past six plus months. Yes, and I really am starting to think that what what you said about him poisoning her, perhaps true, because she was very sick today. <laughs> She had an ear infection, didn't she? <laughs> she I did, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about that story first. And uh, believe it or not, a few other things did happen this week, although I can't say that um, there was many developments in the other stories. But we'll do the uh, the Asher Flashers storyline next, uh, and then we'll we'll go back to the... I mean, the, the stuff at number one is just back to the looking after number one story, isn't it? Which is, it's kind of 
gone back to where it started a couple of months ago. And then uh, we had a bit more of uh, Kelly and the killer with uh, her and Gary. And also Laura, Kelly's mum this week, showed up. So we're going to get to see what we thought about her in a bit too. Um, would you like me to do the synopsis of this uh, chlamydia's Yaz fighting story this week, Gemma? I think you did the big Asher synopsis last okay, week. Okay, if you'd like to... Stop me if I'm being too irreverent at any time. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't no. if I tried. I've tried no. many times. Monday and Wednesday's it. episode were both written by Jonathan Harvey. And there was a certain generous dollop of the dark humour in there, I have Who to say. Who wrote the third one? Uh, L. McVerry, Ellison, Gemma. Gemma, you find that out for me. But I think Professionals. I don't usually always pay attention to that. I'm just saying, Monday and Wednesday's episode, (laughs) it was obviously a very serious um, uh, subject matter, very dark um, and true to a real life for unfortunately for many victims but in the dialogue that uh jonathan penned for the episode there was a, a, as I say, a mighty dollop of dark humor particularly in some of the uh insults that jeff used I have towards to say, Yasmin. there were definitely mixed reactions to to some of the things that he he called yasmine um on our facebook group i know a few people in particular didn't think it was funny or uh, appropriate um but i kind of think that that's very much in character for jeff he oh, really it is. feels to me like the kind of guy and he i mean he's hilarious i do think that many people do have weird nicknames like we have weird nicknames for all of our cats yeah and i guess that's part of jeff's um it's part of him infantilising her, really, isn't it? It did all seem to come out at once. I mean, I don't think yeah, that did. before this episode, like... it felt like, what should we get Jeff to it call her now? It feel but... a little bit like he had a list of funny names and he was trying to work them into the script because like, not... he didn't want to waste it. He's like, I don't know if Jeff's going to live <laughs> beyond the week, so I've got to get these out now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it, 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 we, we will, I'll read it in the... Um... Uh, hopefully in some kind of appropriate tone anyway. So Yasmin um, is off to the doctors on Monday morning, off to the doctor Gaddis because she's um, getting a test result. She thinks she's got a water infection. Yes, she's having trouble with having a wee-wee. I, I didn't even... Has that been mentioned before this week? I don't I even know. I thought I don't remember. She had, a, she had a bad back beforehand. I thought she'd gone see that. But anyway, no, she, she's well, got... She all... thinks... She thinks um, she's got a water infection, but um, no, Gaddas reveals to her that she has tested positive for chlamydia, which is a pretty shocking um, revelation for, for Yasmin to receive, considering, as it is an STI, she has to be, yeah, not STD, STI, um, she, she has only slept with Jeff and Sharif in her life, so she, she doesn't really get how this could have come from. I don't know what the common protocol is for testing... Uh, a patient who comes in complaining of feeling like they have a water infection. I guess it's standard practice to test for a, a range of sexually transmitted infections. But if it isn't, it certainly is on Coronation Street because I'm sure Dr. Gaddis realises that they are constantly bed-hopping around Weatherfield. Yeah, and she probably <laughs> knows that there's been an outbreak somewhere. She's just double-checking all these yeah, randy old This things. is like her best, bre- her best breakthrough that she's ever had, isn't it, Dr. Gaddis? It's like I'm well, finally honing are, in. There are different strains of it. My friend works in a in a laboratory who, and she has spent her entire career studying chlamydia. And, do, and, and different strains. she's called Rachel, which yeah. is quite uh, appropriate for this week, considering that's the escort's name as well. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised there hasn't been an outbreak of 
all manner of uh, sexually transmitted infections on Coronation Street beforehand, because as we know, not only is there a load of bed hopping on Coronation Street, but um, protection is never it's really... Second, it's like you think of it after you realise you're pregnant. Yeah. And you say, that would have been smart. Exactly. I mean, I don't know when the last time... No, actually, I do remember one time when Tyrone and Gemma um, went to bed together a couple of years ago. Gemma, a fizz, came back and found a condom wrapper, didn't she? That's because Tyrone had a little look in his crystal ball and went, she's having four kids in two years' time and I'm not having any part of that. (laughs) Yes, true. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, usually, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, protection is is not considered on Coronation Street. So, Um, anyway... Uh, Gaddaf says... They're like, where's the drama in that? Gaddaf says, look, maybe you should discuss it with your partner. I got a bit confused here between the relationship between... So what what, what does... How much... How well does Dr Gaddaf know Yasmin and Jeff? Because on the one hand, she kind of talks about... Talk about your partner, rather she doesn't say Jeff. Or is, is, could she be saying that I as if maybe, maybe you have been seeing somebody else, Yasmin? I don't want to make any... I don't want to... What no. do you mean? Well, it's very diplomatic, isn't it? Yeah. What are you are you saying? Why didn't she say husband? Yeah, or just Jeff? I don't. I don't know. If we went, if I went to my doctor, that he'd be like tap 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 tap. Why don't you discuss this with your tap 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 tap? Says here, husband. But the thing is, <laughs> um, when Yasmin says, "Look, if if Jeff has got this, could this make?" his heart problems worse, immediately Gaddas knows who she's talking about because she gives a look as if to say, what are you talking about? Unrealistic. What, what heart problems is this? Unrealistic. And that's not really brought up again at the, for the rest of the week. But yeah, Yasmin is now starting to wonder, why doesn't she know about these heart problems? Has Jeff been lying to me about this or something? Um, anyway, she recommends that... Dr Gaddas is like, I'm not going to tell you She recommends that. that Yasmin goes to a... G-U-M clinic. Gum clinic. <laughs> Isn't that where you go when you... It's not what the dentist usually sends you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, at the time, I thought, I'm going to remember what that stands for. Genital but... underhand manipulation clinic. There we go. That's it. So anyway, Peter sees Yasmin coming out of the medical centre and he thinks that she might be a bit drunk because she's looking a bit worse for wear, basically. And he, he talks about going to an AA meeting or something. She's like, I'm not drunk. I'm just dram- reacting not. dramatically just to my bad dramatic. news. Um, so Jeff, who very handily happens to be coming around the corner, hones in on them because he doesn't want Peter and Yasmin having anything to do with each other. And Peter reminds her before um, he goes that he's always there for her if, if she needs him. Pete, Jasmine looks repulsed at Jeff as he kind of go, as 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 he comes over and she heads home. I think he's he's probably comes behind her. Oh yeah, he is because he goes to Peter and no, does he speak to me? I don't know. He thinks that Peter has said something to to upset Yasmin or put her in this funny mood. Um, And when he finds out about her uh, diagnosis, immediately he turns the blame onto her, branding her a disease-ridden old tart. No wonder you stink, he says. Um, She, um, quite bravely, I think, brings up the fact that he's been emailing prostitutes because she's already had a little bit of time to process this and put it together and think, remember this thing about the escorts. Um... And she says so she thinks she's got more evidence now that he has been seeing them. Um, this obviously makes things worse. He says, how dare you accuse me of this? Uh, this is all down to you. Um, she, she's, he, he starts to then say, you must have, you must have got it from Sharif then. Um, he says he can't bear to look at her, sends her upstairs to do some cleaning. And while he's up there, he has a 
somewhat loud phone conversation to the escort agency telling them that they need to uh, buck their ideas up and get rid of that Rachel because she's spreading the clap around everywhere. I have to just interject here on behalf of, um, I don't know why I'm putting myself in this position, <laughs> sex workers and escorts. I think it's a bit of um, bit cheeky of Coronation Street to insinuate that Jeff has caught an STI from from um, Rachel or another escort of the agency, it's far more likely that he gave it to them or a client would give them a disease than the other way around. Well, just because she's works, just because she works like number one, she is an escort, not a sex worker. Yeah. So she shouldn't, act, you know, like she's classic. They're, they're trying to insinuate that they're the same thing and they're not, which isn't really fair. And secondly, um, it's it's a bit it's a, it's it's a slur on sex workers who have that you know they probably care more about um, sexual hygiene yeah and sexual health than anybody else yeah i i I really am surprised that they they went down this i mean it's not part of the storyline that it's not really part you know that they don't want you to really think too hard about this i guess but i I don't think it's a bit um unfair and also i would point out that we don't know what else Jeff has been getting up to. I wouldn't be surprised if he's been sleeping around with other people as well now. We know that he's done this. Well, it's just that the, any kind of escort or sex worker or anything would insist on protection. Yeah. Which not only protects from the pregnancy, but also from STIs, STIs as well. Yeah, so, so I think this is a bit of a blind spot in Coronation Street's otherwise pretty good storyline here. It's a bit of a stumble considering that, you know, this is um, a really important... F- uh, storyline and women's aid or also been involved in it and they've been recommending because mm. you know well we're talking about sex workers who are predominantly female so bit of a error in judgment here to make out that that, she, that rachel was the origin of this there, we'll there let, may still be we'll more to say, come yeah there could yeah. be there could be something else to this but i'm i was just slightly disappointed um i didn't think that was very fair mm. um Later on, um, I think Jeff's gone out and Yasmin's reading um, a chlamydia leaflet and you see her pick up a phone call, uh, pick up a phone and start to dial somebody and I was wondering at that point who it was. They don't show it straight away in the scene, but when Jeff comes back... Um, oh, yeah, he's been to the clinic, hasn't he? Um, yeah. Because he is also in Club Chlamydia. He's got the he's got the membership card and everything. Um, he's absolutely livid and blaming it on her. Says, look, I might have been... He's, he might as well have been told that he's living with a goer and uh, Yasmin then reveals to him that she phoned Sonia, who I was surprised. I didn't think we'd um, get a mention from her again. Uh, Yasmin's um, partner for seven years, his secret um, other woman. And uh, handily, though, she got tested after Sharif left her um, for you know, a variety of STIs, and it turns out that she is clean. So what it basically means is that Yasmin couldn't have picked up the disease from Sharif, otherwise... Sonia would have got it, yeah? That would be... So it's pointing the finger back at Jeff again. That would be my assumption, yes. Mm. But uh, on Wednesday, uh, Jeff isn't accepting any of these accusations. Um, He says, well, there must be... No, I think Yasmin says, well, there must be some other kind of explanation for this then. And Yasmin... So Jeff wonders whether that lying little turd Sonia maybe isn't being honest about this. And he's like, oh, what what are you going to give me next, Yasmin? AIDS? He's like, thanks, Yas, and gives her this kind of sarcastic thumbs up. I have to say, um, on at the end of Monday's episode, when Yasmin was saying, Jeff, I've phoned, phoned Sonia, 
and she says she she is clean and she didn't catch it from from Sharif so it can't have been me and I was thinking how is he gonna get out of this one and then on Wednesday he's like well she was lying and I was like yeah (laughs) that was pretty easy (laughs) to get around wasn't it um he it was literally a case of he said, she said. It's, yeah, it's the, the tension builds up pretty nicely there. And then he, he suddenly kind of and eerily goes a little calm. And well, this is what he does. Her. He blows up at her, makes yeah. her feel on edge and feel, um, feel bad. And, and then... Like, going when on he, about having ribs for lunch. When he for... forgives her, and, and this is the love bombing that we've spoken about before, she then will have a rush of, like, dopamine, I guess, and relief that he is not attacking her anymore. And that will, in her mind, be be associated with feelings of love and affection mm. that's how they do it they they attack you and then they love bomb you and you're so relieved and happy that you're not in trouble anymore that you you kind of put that feeling of relief and and put that into the relationship and it feels like love and it isn't mm-hmm. well she ribs for lunch everyone ribs for lunch but he has to go off to uh, get the, the, special marinade has to go to the corner shop first doesn't he, he um to, to go and get the special special sauce and while he's there he's Certainly, spying on Yasmin on his phone it doesn't include cloves no we know that for a fact <laughs> we don't know what else it does involve he's uh he's spying on Yasmin on the phone and he sees her go into the bag because even though yeah he's he's love bomb her she's still I think she's thinking oh, I need to get well, out she's of here on edge. right now this this week was escalation week wasn't it certainly was and and there's a stage at which Yasmin was gaslighted and she thought that she was crazy if she had been thinking that Jeff had been doing anything wrong but the pretenses have been dropped now yeah and this, I think this, it's this was apparent. Jeff at his most yeah apparently there's vile, no obvious. way getting there's no getting out of this or or kind of pretending that he meant something different he's being out and out vile to her mm. and she is now starting to realise that she is being abused, which yeah. is just one step further along the pathway of getting out of a relationship. Being Realising that you're actually being abused is a really big step. Mm. And I think a lot of people may, might have missed out how significant this week was in Yasmin's kind of journey of realisation. Yeah, a turning point, wasn't mm. it, I think. So he goes home and um, he's, he's like asking all cheerily about, oh, I need my salad bowl, where is it? I think it's in that Marinade cupboard, bowl, but... Michael. Marinade bowl, sorry. You don't know about cooking, but you know. need special bowls for marinade. I heated up my own spaghetti bolognese tea tonight, I'll have you <laughs> You know. burned the, you told me you burned sorry. it. Um, <laughs> so he's, he's, he's trying to get Yasmin to, you know, show her hand and open up this mm-hmm. cupboard to find no, out what's in it. No, he's testing her to find out what excuse he's going to give. What excuse she's going to give as to why he... And, and he knows he's setting her a trap. And whatever she says, he knows is going to be a lie because he knows that she knows where the key is. Mm. And so he's letting her sort of, you know, in inverted commas, get herself in trouble by lying to him about where, how to open the door. Mm. So he's setting traps. This is so sinister. Yeah. And the dialogue, again, was brilliant when he was like, Daddy means business. Yeah, that was like, a bit off it's, for me. It's, it's just vile, isn't it? It, was, it just it makes was you in, squirm. It, I tell you what, again, it's infantilising her. This whole week was very misogynistic, especially on Friday when you had Jeff basically tearing Yasmin down for not fitting into the ideal like trope of what a perfect woman mm. is and kind of insinuating that because she was old she wasn't beautiful there was even a bit of racism in there too because he was talking about creamy pale skin yeah and um i, I just thought it was yeah rampant misogyny and they even joined in in the rovers with it a bit which yeah. was really 
Anyway, mm. you get to it. So he's trying to get. He's trying to find out where this key is, and she's blustering and says she doesn't know. She's she she's locked up the cupboard because it's got her cleaning products in with the bleach. So it's like the first thing that can come to her. And head. he says, "Oh, you you weren't going to drink it." <laughs> I know, <laughs> timely. Um, so he he then kind of starts being all jokey and starts tickling her like, "Oh, is it in here?" Aha, because he knows that that key is in her in her pockets there, and he reveals it, and she, he's like, "Are you thick?" He said, she, well, she, that made me shiver then. Yeah, he reluctantly, she reluctantly takes her bag out of this cupboard and he's like, planning on going somewhere, dear. So, okay, she's quite... Oh, I see. What? I was really confused later on in the week when she said that all of her fancy party frocks were in the in the, the luggage because I thought this was her go bag. But it is her go bag, but it was packed for Sudan's wedding. Originally. I think it's a bit of both maybe, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, because if I was trying to escape my abusive spouse, I wouldn't go, right... What frocks do I need? What I need a formal. Oh, she's going to be she's going to be young, free, and single again. She's going to be looking for I another need, man. I need formal. I need cocktail. I need day dresses. <laughs> and I need to have a range of colours because I don't want to be shown up. She's she comes up. She says, "Look, I I I just was at Dan's wedding. I just didn't have time to unpack it. He doesn't believe her at all, and basically takes it out to give it a ceremonial burning in the garden. Yeah. Um, the garden. What, what do you call those things? Bonfire bin. We need one thing. of those." We do, we do. Uh, and when it's all over, oh, so Yasmin is she's just, standing, she's standing in, the in the orangery, orangery like a sad little orphan against the, 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 the window of a sweet shop. She, she reminded me of just like a, a sad puppy when you leave them oh, at the... Oh, the pet shop. The, yeah. Lonely pup in a Christmas shop. She was. Oh. Um, she's let out when it's all over and, and Sally sees her looking sad over the fire bin. Jeff had said, uh, what, what had he told Yas, uh, Sally that they were burning there? can't remember now. I, remember. I think she just said just some old rubbish or something like that. Um, so Sa- Sally's seen something. So the, there's a few people this week that see things. But they don't little... know what they've seen. And this is yeah. such a great message and lesson for people. It's whether people will be able to put their heads together. And, but um... I also hope that nobody watches this who has had a friend go through something like this and think, oh, no, it's my fault because I didn't see the signs. Because really, how would you know? Mm. You Sally... Everyone's screaming at Sally and Eileen and everybody and going, you idiots, it's right in front of your face. But how are you? You can't. Mm. You can't blame other people. Mm. So Yasmin goes back inside and yet Jeff wants to know where she was going to go. And he, he's like sitting there like, you know, cock of the walk on, on his uh, on his armchair, yeah. tells her, well, if you want to go, then do one. Go on. Sling your hook. But I'll she like, can't. I'll keep the house. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, she can't because he's taking control mm. financially and... and and make her feel also throughout this entire process. Every time she makes a decision, he undermines it. So now she thinks that her decision process is flawed in some way, mm. and that she can't do anything without him. Even though yeah, she, she doesn't knows believe her own in mind. herself, she doesn't trust yeah, herself enough. She says, "I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to go." Yeah. Um, and he says, "Well, because no beggar will have you." He knows that at this point, she, she, he has completely broken her. He can say whatever he wants to her, and she's not gonna. She's not going to fight back, or so he thinks, at least. Well, he, he says, no beggar will have you. And he make, makes her get down on it, um, his knees. And, her knees. And her knees, and, and makes her promise that she's not going to go anywhere. And she does, and he yeah, kisses her on the top of the head. That was horrible when he, he made her bow, bow down. He, and did, it, he said it, something like, I'd rather see you dead than with you some, oh, than yeah, with someone else. That or, was chilling as well. Mm. It, this is the stage at which you... Probably some people watching it going, no way, this is silly. Jasmine would never do that. But that, you know, again, it just shows you Mm. his total control over her. And it's, I think, I do think that this 
week felt a bit accelerated. I will say that, but there are own there are other constraints than telling a, a completely realistic story of abuse. Mm. The, they the, have to they have to tell a compelling story as well. Yeah, the the only the only issues really with the pacing overall that I would had in recent months is that there have been some weeks more than a few weeks where we've said, aha, Yasmin knows that she's being controlled now. Now she's going to, you know, whatever, now she's going to tell someone, now she's going to escape. And then we maybe see her again in a couple of weeks' time and she's she's back to where she was. Yeah, it's difficult. Mm. Because, as I said, they're not just telling... They're not sort of, like, making a a documentary or, like, a PSA about how to spot if you're being abused by an evil magician <laughs> they're, they're telling they're, they're part, telling a compelling na- narrative and part of that is d- drawing to a climax which we saw at the end of the week yeah so was, uh, tonight's episode was just Yasmin and Jeff's story there wasn't yeah, anything there were a few else. other scenes um, but they were all in service yeah, well, to the story oh, exactly and I remember um, getting the synopsis of this episode through um, by email a couple of weeks ago and, and like I said before I, I often skim read them just to see which characters are going to be in it I don't read anything that's going to happen and then when I saw on today's episode it was just one big paragraph about Yasmin and Jeff I thought I cannot <laughs> wait for that episode to show up because they're going to have a whole episode dedicated to this fantastic story and it did not disappoint whatsoever so it all starts off in the morning where Yasmin is late for breakfast Jeff has cooked her a, um, a fry up but she she um, overslept, didn't she? Because he's he's taken her phone, he's taken her computer. He says it's for her own good or something, um, and so she comes down to this cold cold dinner, a cold breakfast. Sorry, and she she just can't stomach it because she's still feeling awful. She's still her stomach's in knots. She's got butterflies in there. I, don't I know. know I was happening. trying to work out um, whether it is because um, I don't know what symptoms of chlamydia are, or. Or whether it's medicine, it could be. I don't think it. I don't think it has anything to do with your digestive system when you have chlamydia. But I think it could be some, perhaps, a side effect of the um, antibiotics that she's taking to to Is that combined it, with plus the stress? Yeah. Plus maybe, maybe mm. he's poisoning her, but I don't know. She she says she can't stomach the food, and he takes it off, and then this is where we get the first. This was cut. yeah of the episode don't we because the, this is what has to happen if the story's all going to be if the episode's all going to be about one story you have to show um scenes well this one is after the thing okay many people well it's not always immediately obvious when you're watching how literate you are in the narrative language of the way television and movies tell a story but you will know from watching this episode that you probably felt a bit unsettled because the traditional way to mark time passing in an ensemble show like a soap is to cut from one group of characters to another and then you cut back to the original characters and you will know just through intuition from years of watching television that you are supposed to have recognised time has passed between mm. the two scenes that you've seen. This is was logical. very abrupt. Whereas this now is a completely well to, different a way of telling the story and instead of having that cutaway to a different story, you just get a cut Picks and up some the plate, of them, cut, puts the plate back down yeah, again. Yeah, some of them brunch. were just very sharp, short, sharp, sharp cuts from one bit to another, and some of them faded in and out. Mm. But um, that just kind of shows you how you have this intuition in your 
everybody does of what of watching television and the language that is used kind of made it a bit more apparent than you might have realized yeah, but you, you you're, you're right TV. that it, it helped the unsettling vibe that they were going very for. uncomfortable to watch yeah and, and it was similar on Sinead's final uh, episode it was part, as well yeah. when she was fading in and out of consciousness it's, it's, so it's it, all about her it was an un- it's kind of like a happy coincidence that they were they're forced into doing it this way because they have to tell the story in a certain way but it also makes you feel weird and uncomfortable when you watch it, which adds mm. to what they're trying to create dramatically. Throughout throughout tonight's episode, I have to say, I was on edge and I got that feeling again. Oh, the Haley feeling. I got the Haley on the bed feeling. It was the, the feeling and Andy and Vinny in the warehouse feeling. And I had that yeah, through a lot see. of the episode. That's how I know it's an episode that I'm enjoying. And a lot of that feeling is what people, is what leads some people to complain and say, I didn't like it, was it too much? I couldn't watch, but it's the adrenaline yeah. that I get from from really intense episodes like this that hooks me in. It's how I know that Corey are doing a good job. Yeah. Loved it. Um, so he, Jeff, uh, we next see Jeff in the cafe, listen to his podcasts. <laughs> I was going to, I almost did an own goal tweet when I said, Jeff's, Jeff's smiling listening to a podcast, so it can't be ours. <laughs> because obviously the, the joke is that we slag him off on the show but then it just made it sound like we were rubbish so I didn't tweet it <laughs> so I, mean, I, I felt almost a kind of a kindred kind of spirit feeling to Jeff this week because he likes podcasts he likes <laughs> he likes coffee creams and I know that when they told him they, they mentioned about him having the, the coffee creams and hating pralines and the chocolate box on Monday we were supposed Monster. to go yeah coffee creams are horrible because everybody hates coffee creams They're don't horrible. they it's like I love coffee creams <laughs> my favourite one am I, of... am I a monster yeah, like yeah you Jeff? are a monster what kind of deranged idiot prefers coffee to praline <laughs> That's the best flavour. If it had been me writing, I'd have had him taking orange creams every time. Ugh. Orange chocolate, gross. So anyway, You're he's, wrong. <laughs> he speaks to Peter <laughs> for a bit saying that, look, yes, because he's still got this um, hanging over him from the other day when he Don't saw forget, Peter was talking with Yasmin. All the way through this, he's been locking her in the house. Yes. She's been a- unable to leave. Yeah, yeah. So her, what, again, what was her pride and joy, her home, the the seat of her family and... No, her prison. And everything that she loves and holds dear, as you just stole the line and ending line from me, is now her prison. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we dance off each other. <laughs> yeah, that's what you call it. Um, he, he So he talks to Peter and says, look, Yasmin's feeling a bit pressurised by you about the booze and everything. If you'd mind... Don't you know, talk to don't, her ever don't again. Don't talk to her. It's, it's not helping her. It's making her worse. And when she feels stressed out, she goes on the source. Uh, and Peter's a bit confused by this because he's like, oh, I barely ever really talked talk to Yasmin, to, to be honest. Um, but he doesn't make a fuss about it. But it's another thing that hopefully people or the characters will get together and say, hang on a minute, I noticed something weird, I noticed something weird, I noticed something weird, um, when the, the fallout of tonight's ending uh, plays out. So um, I, don't th- I really don't think we're ever going to get the kind of like movie finale where all the characters congregate and go, you know what, I realised that something wasn't up when X, Y and Z happens. We'll, we'll because have we to were, see. because this is the thing we were waiting for a similar kind of thing when Feelings End came and it never happened we just had to be content with the moments that we got yeah. when people were looking confused at things mm. that never came up again mm, you're right um, we have Kathy and Brian walking past and, she, and Kathy sees Yasmin in the window and she's like oh I'll go inside and, oh uh, this was uh, awful and, and, and Brian's there saying no you don't want to go and see her after, what she, after how she treated you last week she doesn't deserve you, and, and poor Yasmin has to 
stand there just by listening. the door listening to Brian badmouthing like, her, basically. And it wasn't like that. Yeah, but she's obviously not stra- strong enough, not brave enough um, to to go out I there. Don't know. She, she just she's just hiding herself I away. I think. Yeah, I think she was. She's been beaten down so much. Yeah, yeah. She can't face anybody. She's she's I been think, isolated from everyone. I think again, also even without Jeff, Yasmin's first thought if she offended somebody would be, oh, what have I done? Mm. Well, you know, some people are always, well, you know, you took it the wrong way. But I think Yasmin is more of a, I'm so sorry if I upset you kind of a person yeah, before yeah. all this happened, which makes her vulnerable to bastards like Jeff. Mm. So Jeff comes home and he starts crowing about seeing um, Zidane's wedding pictures. I think he said that Ryan was showing them off or, or Gary or something was having a look really at them or something in the cafe. Because she say... said earlier in the episode... Oh, because when she when he took his her laptop, she was like, "Oh, I haven't seen the wedding pictures yet. I've lost all track of time about where this wedding's supposed to be. I don't know where we are. I thought the wedding was literally supposed to be a few days after Alia went to Spain, but maybe I missed the fact well, that she went early." They probably just come back with the photos. No, I think they've been That's uploaded I online. I think if I, I don't well, think that Alia's back yet. Been stretched. Yes, I think. That I if, wanted to point out that of all the people who would ever show off wedding photographs Ryan seems to be the last candidate I would ever imagine well Ryan didn't go did he so maybe so, so I'm guessing what, that Alia yeah, has uploaded yeah he's not bothered oh, uh, what, any... what, what man of his age is interested in his girlfriend's brother's wedding was he actually showing them though he I might not have been. I don't know whether Jeff's made it up. Maybe people can correct. The only way wrong Ryan here, but... would be interested in Zidane's wedding photos is if Alia had a baps out in them, <laughs> which would explain Jeff's interest as well. <laughs> I don't. I pervert. don't remember Ryan being in that scene tonight, but uh, maybe I wasn't concentrating. He wasn't in the scene. Um, anyway, um, so he she, she's like, please let me let me go online and see. Oh, them. this is awful. Um, he he says, oh, well, it didn't look like Alia and the family were missing you, to be honest. Also, Pete's been saying that some local lush has been throwing herself at him and basically accuses lush. her of packing the suitcase so she can run off with Peter. And he knows at this point that... This is that's really abs- odd. That's, mm. He's throwing accusations at her that he knows is false because she's having to spend time and energy and mental thought processes in, yeah, in exactly. batting away what is clearly rubbish... Like he knows that she knows that's not true. Mm. That's not the point. It's the, the point same when is, he was accusing her of being the one who um, was the who got yeah. the STI, wasn't the it? He knows is that she's not to been put her on the back about. foot and to make her expend energy trying to defend and time herself. trying to placate him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she she says, "Look, I'm, I won't speak to her anymore." Um, you're the only man I want for the rest of my life. I wish you would believe me. Please let me see these photos. And he's like, I'll think about it. This is when we have like the blurry yeah. cut, which I, I didn't really like. I know. This is a good point. I'm going to interject here too, because I had a conversation, a very brief uh, um, com- conversation. Yeah, with somebody who was saying that I d- they didn't like these. And I, ha- I have a similar feeling about some of the cuts and the the techniques that were used today to depict what happened. But... I will say, now having watched more classic Coronation Street in very early episodes, I really can't say that this is un-Coronation Street-like. This is just what happens in Coronation Street. They've always been very experimental with the way that they depict... Every thoughts, now and thoughts then, and feelings. It's not like in, they always they've always the, done it all the time. No, they don't always do it. They, it is it isn't very frequent, but it's always been a part of Coronation Street from the very very early times. Um, and you know you could argue perhaps it's a bit dated, but you know, um, 
You can't say it's not in yeah. Coronation Street's blood. Yeah. Um, so the, so this, the, the blur goes back to the scene where Jeff uh, catches Yasmin trying to go outside. He's, he's locked her in. The, the, she can't even get into the orangery, can she? Um, and then... They, oh, she, she's trapped she's... in this room with the food that she doesn't want to eat. Yeah. And she can just smell it. And she feels sick and she wants to get away from the, it. This is can't. this breakfast from this morning. Um, and she she, she promises that she'll eat it and that they have a kind of a fight and a struggle over it and basically it ends up with the food all over the floor again I think after all this is done there was too many smashed plates in this house just this whole storyline the amount of food that's been flown over that floor I know the amount of plates once it's all over I hope Yasmin gets gets a a new carpet fitted yeah well she's going to have to because Jeff's messed it up get the stink of Jeff and the curry out of their house. I will take her to next and we'll pick out a really nice set because they've got some good stuff. <laughs> Do you think you and her would have a similar taste in I don't carpet? know, but listen, I've got a credit account. She can have whatever she wants. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she says, look, I'll clean it up later. I just need to get out. I need to get fresh air. She's starting to like panic attack, get claustrophobic yeah, being yeah, in the house. Right. Um, and he does relent and let her go outside. So she kind of bustles over to the chickens, apologising to them. Again, yeah, he, making her... Get, making himself look making out generous yes but he, all he's done is open the back door for her but yeah. she's just grateful to be allowed out yeah, in her she's own wound, garden exactly she's been wound up into such a she, state that yeah, he's being let she outside she hasn't stopped is... to think to herself no this is my house I can go outside if I want to mm. she's just happy to be allowed outside yeah and you can tell that she's on edge because uh, yeah. Sally pops up um, <laughs> over the fence anyone and... would be surprised <laughs> to see Sally makes, popping up makes uh, Yasmin jump and Sally's like oh we're going to the bistro for a new menu tasting oh. remember that the bistro is being renovated and remember Ray at the bistro I remember anything to do with the bistro also I forgot I, I was very suspicious why is Sally being so nice but then I remembered that Jeff had lent well not, not lent given Tim money so that mm. Sally and Tim could have a lovely wedding and buy the gorgeous dress that Sally would like yeah. to wear and also Sally had seen Yasmin looking upset in the garden uh, the previous episode as well, hadn't she? With the, yeah. all the two episodes before with the, with the clothes but It is so. a bit weird that Sally would insist, even though Yasmin said she wasn't well, that she should come out for a meal. But we'll just brush over that. Well, yeah, Sally doesn't take no for an answer. And Yasmin back inside begs Jeff to let them go. And he does relent on it. But, well, um, she says, go and tell them we, I can't go then. And he says, oh, what, make myself out to be the... The wrong in the wrong. Mm. I'll be the bad guy. I don't think so. Mm. Um, so he, um, she, she gets herself dressed up and she's got like a beige, I don't know, well, fashion lady. What was she wearing? Like a smock. Top. <laughs> and it, it was but, a popover. Which looked, which looked fine. It was very much a kind of Yasmin style, but it, it looked kind of drab and, and miserable, like a, how a she beige. was feeling. It was like a beige linen top. Yeah, uh, but he, he accuses her of wearing, picking her shabbiest sack to uh, to wear but she points out that all her nice clothes were in the bag for Zidane's wedding which she burnt the other day so he's like oh well then I, I suppose I better do this and he pulls out um, out of his secret cupboard which is just next to her secret cupboard <laughs> a, uh, a slinky red dress um which he makes her strip in front of him and put on. She's like, she's terrified. She's, her. Yeah, she's totally humiliated. She's welling up when she starts to slowly undress and he's just standing there watching her as if to say, yeah, go on making then. making her uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly, and, exactly. And sort of judging her and... Yeah, yeah. And and the, the dress is far too baggy for her as well, isn't it? It's um, And it's, it's far, um, far too showy for... 
it just was, going to the Rovers and well, then the Bistro. It was. It didn't fit her. It was. It wasn't dated her style. Design. It wasn't her style. It was red satin. It like red is the obviously the most outrageous showy color that a woman can wear. Really, yeah. if you're not feeling confident, red is not going to make make magically manifest that confidence out of nowhere. Yeah. So when they go into the Rovers, Tim and Sally don't really know what to think about this, and um, and so they they get on with their with their conversation, and and Jeff is making Yasmin think that people are laughing at her and everything and because she's she's not making a scene or anything but you can tell she's really uncomfortable going into the rovers in this well she's got her coat that makes a statement and she's wearing it like a cape you know like holding it close to her chest so that she doesn't expose herself and then he takes the the coat off of her Mm. takes away her comfort blanket and her protection Mm. And exposes her basically. Yeah, so she makes a, a, an exit to the loo, oh, doesn't she? This is so awful. Again, that that was almost Hilton esque the direction in there. I would have <laughs> to say, all shadowy, and she's there. Kind I of... tried to look up who directed this, and the ITV hub doesn't work on our iPad. <laughs> um, it, it, I don't know whether it really needed that scene or not. I think what happened afterwards could have happened without it. And it was another case of kind of the, the echoing in her ears and everything that I don't particularly like. The way she had her hands up to her ear made it look like she had some kind of psychic link to what was going in the rovers and she was I listening in to... to be a bit too theatrical for Listening my, in to what they were like, talking about about her. It's, it's just um, adding to the feeling that she thinks that everybody is... Is talking about her and making fun of her and making her well, feel tiny. Yeah, exactly. They were, weren't they? Well, Jeff, Jeff was partially responsible for this. Yeah. For making out that it was her idea, and she want you know she thinks she's so great, and people on are, are incredibly cruel about a woman they consider to be over a certain age, thinking that she looks good in anything. Mm. So you know she that means committed the ultimate crime of being a middle-aged woman who thinks she looks nice in a red satin dress. Mm. So, of course, they're desperate to jump in and stick the knife in. Yeah, and then Brian is is one of the worst for that as well, isn't it? Later on, he's he's kind of really making a joke at her expense because they, they come into the robe, isn't Well, they're, yeah, they've they're already got their nose put out of joint, haven't they? And yeah. the best way to attack a woman, of course, is to... Um, yeah. To criticise her looks. Because I, that's I felt so bad for Yasmin when she about. called. She's like desperately calling Kathy and Brian over because she doesn't want to be trapped in this conversation just with Jeff and and Sally and Tim. And it's like, come over, come over. And and Kathy yeah. is the one. Not even Brian. It's Kathy. Like she's been made to think by Brian. No, don't have anything to do with her because Kathy wanted to speak with Yasmin earlier, and and now it's... she's saying no. We're we're meeting a pal. And what it did is. they? What did they? Did they? We see them meet up with a pal later. I don't well, think. Well, the insinuation think she was just is that sti- yeah, you're not my you're friend. You're not my friend yeah. anymore. Very petty, but yeah, I'm sure any anybody listening to this can't say they've never been petty to somebody yeah. that didn't deserve it. But in this case, it's even more heartbreaking because you know that she just needed some some human warmth somewhere from mm. someone and nobody could give it to her yeah. because of all of the barriers that Jeff's constructed between her and her friends and family. So over the course of this conversation, it starts to dawn on Yasmin that they've been paying for... Um, or they've given money to Tim and Sally <laughs> well, for the their wedding. That, the fact that Sally's like, thanks for the cash, Yaz. Yeah, and, and she obviously didn't know anything about this. And oh. uh, and and when um, when she's alone with Jeff, um, when Tim and Sally go to the bar later, she she wants to know what's going on. How much have we given them? How much? Have we, uh, and he's like, don't make a fuss. Don't make a fuss. Yeah, she, he's just taking c- complete control of the assets here. Yeah. It doesn't. It's irrelevant as to who had the the most money. 
when they began their marriage because you know mm. if you're going to marry somebody you have to pull your resources but yeah really, he made the richer for poorer line didn't he? yeah he did but i mean it, d- it feels really bad to say but i really do think that yasmin is the one that had all of the the wealth mm. before this relationship began yeah we knew that she came from a wealthy family well she's got a house where's with, jeff she? been living you mm. know he's moved into this lovely house mm, mm. And it, now he's taking control of everything. Yeah. Um, he but financial, tells her, financial abuse is one of the... He tells her not to make a fuss, but then yeah. he's the one that makes a fuss himself. He kind of very theatrically says, <laughs> oh, we need to go. Yasmin isn't up to this. Sorry, yeah. everybody. And so kind then, of as, yeah, her away. Yeah, come with me. So Yasmin's made to feel, like, to, to look like an idiot, like a, some kind of weakling as she's led out of the rovers with everybody watching her. Made to look like she's being an objectionable cow. Because he said, yeah, I told her about the money. And then and then she's making a fuss there. Jeff, um, Tim and Sally are probably being left feeling really bad about the fact that she's reacted like this. Mm. And she, so she's, he's tr- she's trying to save face for Jeff by, by not making too much of a fuss. But she's been blindsided by this sudden shock that she's footed the bill for this second wedding mm, mm. for Jeff's stupid son. <laughs> um, so they, they go back home and, and, and Eileen spots Yasmin kind of scurrying after Jeff going, oh, I'm so sorry. I, uh, and, and yeah, uh, flagellating herself in front of him. Um, and, and Yasmin, again, thinks it looks a bit odd but doesn't say anything. Um, but she goes into the Rovers and finds that there's people having a bit of a joke at Yasmin's expense there. Back at home, um, Jeff's there having a go at Yasmin some more. He's like, well, I'm entitled to spend your money. Um, when I married you, I, we, we pulled our assets, like you said. Yeah. And then he starts going, anyway, what was I thinking of giving you that dress? You actually thought I bought it for you? And he starts uh... talking about... This, this is when he starts saying, I bought it for like a real woman, somebody who could fill it out with curves in all the right places and a full full bust or, or, or whatever. And um, Creamy skin. Yeah, That yeah. was the bit that really annoyed me mm. and this is what i said before about the, the kind of unconscious um standard of western beauty that we put on to women and this is what you sort of like swing it back to asha no mm. wonder she was feeling bad when you, when that is just a trope that exists in mm. you know romantic writings and 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 the way people talk about the perfect woman. Yeah. So she's, she goes over to him to try and get some kind of affection just to try and hug him or, or something to stop him from saying all this. But he pushes but, away, she on, falls back onto say, the floor. I did think it was a bit odd that he he kind of basically admitted that he'd been cheating on her. He did. I don't know what he... what the. I don't understand his motivation in, in this particular... Like that, It feels like there's no coming back from this now. He can't then say, no, I didn't say that, or no, you got it wrong, or... It felt it felt a bit artif- like an artificial climax to me for this, but yeah, because he te- he does tell her at some point, doesn't he? That yes, I've seen prostitutes. Yes, it's more than one. Yeah, it felt a bit like the end of a movie where the villain removes his mask and it's secretly Satan. You mm. know, like there's no there was no subtlety here. Yeah, there was horny Satan. He in literally this case. just came out and admitted that it was him that murdered the fairground owner, and he doesn't care. And there's no such thing as ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, she, she falls onto the floor. He starts belittling her. Some more says that she's always the scrawny, this pathetic is when he lap dog. Chips at throwing her. the chips at her. Just yeah. the worst. I can't imagine. 
Um, it reminded me a little bit. Disrespectful to the potatoes. Well, it is. It, it reminded me a little bit of when David attacked Gail with peanuts and was spreading a little peanut-shaped happiness, but it's a slightly different mood to that scene, I think. I think it was a little bit more intense this Stop time. Stop wasting food, <laughs> Jeff. The amount of food that's ended up on that kitchen floor, no wonder Yasmin's lost so much weight she can't fill out that dress. <laughs> um, then... Um, yeah, she's she kind of gets up and starts backing into the kitchen at this point. She's cowering there, well, to try and protect herself because he comes at her. He's got this bread knife. And I don't think he I, realised that he picked the bread knife up. Well, he'd been there just slicing some bread yeah. innocently, if you can I call it that. I think he was but. using it as a weapon to intimidate her but i don't really think that he was threatening her life but i do think that that's what yasmin thought he was doing well he did say at some point um he said because he starts going on about um because it it switches to a point of view shot doesn't it from yasmin and we see the jack with the very dramatic lighting in this scene yeah again some of it i thought was a bit over the top it was theatrical yeah on the whole i really did like that scene she and he starts going oh till death do us part god spare me maybe i should kill you do the world a favor so he I don't think he's ever. I don't think he's ever planned to do that. I don't think. Well, that he was said his earlier in the week. To off Yasmin. He said earlier in the week. I I would rather you died than be with someone else. And mm. now he's got a knife and he's saying that. I think he's trying to scare. Um, I literally don't don't think I'm trying to make excuses for Jeffrey because this is not the point of what I'm saying. But I I think that I think that this is a very good example of the psychological trauma and abuse that men like this impose on on people because you don't need to mean that you're going to kill somebody for somebody to think that you're being serious Mm. and 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 being scared for your life whether the person is serious or not it doesn't matter Mm. you're still just as scared so just want to make that very clear before people take this what i'm saying the wrong way well i think as well and again i'm still not sure about how much of how much footage Jeff's camera is recording? Is it permanently recording everything? Is no, I is, don't know. Is it, I really can't. It just it feels unfortunately like this is going to be easily solved eventually when somebody finds the footage, and among that footage will be him one day saying, um, "I'd rather you were dead," and then the next day going at her with a knife, and people, yeah, yeah, uh, and then yeah, they'll say, point, "Well, look, he yeah. said he was going to kill her, and now he's going after her with a knife." She's I, not wrong to think that he was threatening her life. Oh, I'm no. just saying that I don't think that's what he meant. No, do. I don't think so. As well. he, he was just angry wanted, he, he literally as a, wanted as a prop, her. Almost. He definitely wanted her to think that he was. I don't know. I'm getting. I think I'm getting myself confused here now, but um, I don't think that he was going to kill her. No, I don't but, think he would have done. Of course, we do know that women do get are murdered by their partners. Just to make that the, clear as well, this is a bit of a minefield. The, this isn't that sort of story, though. No, all the no, way through, the point, Dave yeah. said it's not always physical, no, no, psychological exactly, coercive true. control. It's about yeah. mind games, and yeah, we yeah. said we didn't want it to get violent. Obviously, did today, but I, I think if if Jeff had attacked Yasmin, it would have it would have been a different sort of they, story. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a different, and, and it you know. I don't want to say anything else. I well, feel like the, I'm, getting, I'm, the, I'm getting, I'm saying the wrong the thing. The climax of the episode, he was right in her yeah. face with the knife. She turns around, grabs a wine bottle, swings it at him. And he's confused at first, isn't he? And it was, it was almost like, you know, to turn back the clock 15 years, Tracy whacking Charlie on the yeah. head with the statue. The first <laughs> whack, he's confused and woozy with it. And I was like, oh. I, was, I, I wondered what was going to happen. There. I, I wondered like, what was oh going to happen. Because uh, I thought when she picked the wine bottle up and swung it at him, I thought it was I thought it was going to 
break on his head and he'd fall to the ground. Well, that's what usually happens, yeah. isn't it? When people get hit with <laughs> things in Coronation so, sorry, Street, Jeff, it usually just traditionally, takes one blow. You're supposed to lie down now in a put in a puddle of um, safety glass. Well, Do you he's, mind? He's um, and not only does he like chucking chips like Pat Phelan, but he's inherited his um, titanium skull um, because he's he's. It obviously hurts him, but he, he's like, what, what, how do you do that for? She <laughs> I was only threatening the... you with a bread knife. Yeah, come on. That's fair. <laughs> get, on, get over it. Um, she smashes the bottle and then with a the jagged end of it, oh. sticks him in the throat. She jabs him right in the throat with can, it. Yeah, and you can tell from the reaction on oh. her face, she's like, does a what have I done kind of uh, thought. He falls over. It was, it was oh, sickening. He it kind was, of it was gross. twitches on the floor, a couple of, couple of like, yeah, twitches, and then he stops, and that's where we're left. Well, we don't know. Is he alive or is he dead? This is the question. A lot of people on Twitter have decided that they think he's dead. I, I hope he's dead, because if he's not, know. he's going to be absolutely furious when he finds out the state of the carpet. <laughs> we didn't see any blood, because this was um You can get chicken curry up, we can get uh, the fried egg up, but we can't get your blood. No, you, you need a special cleaning fluid and for God's sake, don't use hot water. <laughs> um, that that final scene was one of my favourite Coronation Street scenes it in a long so time. It was so good, wasn't it? And I'm, I, was, I was disappointed before watching it that Coronation Street had semi-spoiled what was going to happen, but it was still... It was better than I thought it was going to be. How much did you know before we watched Well, you kept episode? saying things to me, so I guessed what there was going to be something. I, you were like, just... oh, do you know what's going to happen on Friday? Oh, it's going to be really good. I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. You know it's a Jeff and Yasmin thing, though, don't you? Well, I'm not going to tell you what happened. Had, had, you, Thanks, seen, had you seen any pictures no, from that scene? I hadn't seen any pictures from that scene. I I, and you were going, oh, I'm there's so many super adverts. super impressed How, that you've managed adverts? to avoid it. They've been, what They've been advertising the heck out of this Where? week's Coronation Street. You must have just been not looking as we've been fast-forwarding them. I, no, why do I... And when I've been like scrolling I through my Twitter feed and everything... I get to look at my phone. The main thing that I, the, the first thing, and probably one of the only things, to be fair, from this scene that I saw, was a, a publicity shot um, with Jeff on the left of the, the, the picture, holding a knife, <laughs> yelling at Yasmin, oh, wow. and her there kind of going, ah, <laughs> on, the, on the right <laughs> oh, hand. No. So, uh, so I knew that he was going to go for her, but that I, I also knew that she was going to attack him. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew that tonight's episode <laughs> would end with him there on the floor. And I wish I hadn't known that because to, to go into that episode completely blind, it would have been, yeah, incredible. But Well, yeah, I would have loved that. Well, sorry, sorry. I just thought, um, I don't know. I, I want to know where all the people are who used to comment on Twitter. Whenever anybody, like ITV Corey, make a tweet about Jeff and then all these people would reply and go, I hate Jeff, I hope he dies. And then all these really annoying little simpering, holier-than-thou little dickheads would come out and go, ooh, what do you mean? You'd like a man to die? You're worse than he is if you wish death upon an innocent man. Where are they now? Where are all these people now? <laughs> because I bet they're, they're, they're absolutely furious looking at, looking at Twitter now because everyone's going, Jeff's dead, Jeff's dead, he has been killed death. Oh, yeah. Oh, I still yeah. don't think he is. I, I don't hope think he's he dead at all. I, uh, anyway, I, I, was that, I, I thought that what was going to happen was he was going to come at her with a knife, she was going to grab the knife and, oh, and stab him, him or something with it. So I'm glad that there was still it wasn't completely as I was expecting I don't know 
Do you want to know? I, quite I don't think I know anything about what's going to happen next week. I honestly don't know if he's dead or not. I don't. I don't think he's dead. I don't know. I hope. I really hope he's not because I've said all along this story shouldn't end with him dying because no, for no, the people who no. are going through this themselves, right. it's just teaching them. You just need to stab them with a wine exactly. bottle. Your problems are all be, over. It wouldn't be fair. It's it's too dramatic. It's too out, outlandish when this has been a very close to the bone, very sensible and realistic kind of a storyline. Mm. I will say, I think it is somewhat poetic justice that Yasmin hit Jeff with a wine bottle that was empty that he obviously drank. Yeah. Because she's not drinking any alcohol in the house. <laughs> so if he hadn't been a, a lecherous, lush git face trying to make her think he's a, she's an alcoholic when he's clearly the, the alky in the house, there wouldn't have been an empty bottle to hit him with. Very true. And she would have had to beat him with, I don't know, a ladle. I thought that um, tonight's episode was another example of how, um, quite unintentionally, we've been left on an amazing end-of-the-week cliffhanger, whereas in normal circumstances, this would have been uh, midway through, yeah, I think, a Friday a, episode We had a discussion about this, because I genuinely can't believe that this was not re-edited in the period that they've had between when they filmed it and now, to make it a bit different from how it was originally intended. Because this really felt... Like we've, we've experienced for a few weeks now bits and pieces of, of episodes where you've had, like you say, the middle of an episode, the middle of two, what's supposed to be two episodes and you get left with the end of it on a Friday and the beginning of it on a Monday. I really... If they haven't edited this back, they've done... An, it was just a very fortunate... I think that's... I, finished I, I, I don't know, but it was it absolutely perfect. Do, I can't believe that did not feel like the first half of an episode to me. Well, we'll have to just have to see on Monday, won't we? And I, I the other it, reason that I kind of... I'm hoping that that was the first half of the episode. They've had time to do that. That's what I'm pointing to point out. They've had time to re-edit things. Go on, Yeah. Time. Monday's episode could well also be just a Jeff and Yasmin yeah, episode be. if it's from the same episode yeah. which is fantastic two whole episodes they, in a row all to do with this story brilliant take the opposite tack it wouldn't be the first time that they've done a special episode for just half of their runtime in a in a day yeah yeah so um what is going to happen next <laughs> what what next well how how guilty is she going to feel as well? Will there be a sense of relief and like he's finally out of my life, or is she going to blame herself and go, like, "No, oh, she's I not going to go." Oh, good, is she? She's going to be devastated now. But how how much will she think she had it? He had it coming to she's him. She's not going to think that. She's going to think, "Oh, I I thought he was going to attack me, but he would never do such a thing." Mm. Yeah, she she's going to be. This she's is going to be. Trying it's to send be, herself to prison. Well, I deserve she's it. going to be stuck in a really interesting place, which is we, I think we have to take our hats off here again to um, Shelley King and Ian Bartholomew for how amazing they've done. And I know that Yaz, um, Shelley King could definitely play it as Yasmin stuck now between thinking that she's done something wrong, but also trying to defend herself so that she doesn't end up in prison. She's not stupid. No matter how... I, I think she there's enough of a fight left in her that she would tell the truth and try to she would be conflicted like is she gonna is she gonna throw him under the bus like this husband that she's been treasuring and and trying to get approval from this whole time and say no he came at me with a knife or is she gonna blame herself and say 
and then and be and and continue to be sort of under his his influence and say no no i i can't believe i've done this my darling yeah is she going to tell the police her version of the story or his version of the story because she she knows that he would want her to say that no no no. yeah well he's he's made her think that his version of the story is true she's she she could look back on it and think yeah it was my fault i should have had that breakfast i should i should have just worn that dress and not complained i I should have done this that and the other i think shelly's gonna have some very challenging scenes ahead of her but she's gonna do a fantastic she job is. and they've so already both of them the have we've said for so long how fantastic an actress she is yeah and really ian bartholomew's come out of nowhere with with this character that has been crafted out of what was the remnants of a fairly uninteresting kind of slightly sinister and unpleasant man he was and to he was create just, uh, this masterpiece of villainy he was fantastic he, he was fantastic it's been brilliant but uh, just uh, i remember at the beginning we didn't like jeff and, and i just thought we're, we're supposed to be liking him but i'm not i did i never liked that character from the beginning but we, we, we're not supposed to well i will say very clever is, I, I will say that ian bartholomew is is a south coast lad uh, he's from portsmouth i'm not going to hold that against him because we're all part of Hampshire. He's been uh, he's been doing the old interview circuit this week. He's been out, doing Shelley it. has a little and, bit. And as you as you well, you might not know that he has a completely different accent uh, in real life. He's like, yeah. "Thank you so much, Lorraine, for introducing myself to your program." I think that was the first time I had seen him out of character, and it, it always surprises me a little bit. But well, he, when so, yeah. he seemed like a very really lovely good guy. Good at doing the accent, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he is. He's great. Um, he said he he had an interview. Well, she was talk about this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Colson, Colson Smith and his Corey Good News things. This is the fourth week in a row, and he did a little interview with Shelley King and Ian Bartholomew, and um, it was very interesting because um, Ian Bartholomew was talking about how people say when you're an actor you have to try to like the character and or sort of um, sympathise with them in some way to be able to play them. Um, effectively but the only thing I really like about him about Jeff is some of his shirts <laughs> and Shelley King was going oh my god you like his shirts <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so I, wa- I I wonder whether this is also going to go down the, the usual soap route that nobody will believe Yasmin if she does plead innocence if she says no it was him it was, he, he, he came at me I usually when that happens just... There's all it, that we we have these people that should trust Jasmine that have known her all this time suddenly think, don't like with Tyrone nobody believed Tyrone when Kirsty was beaten yeah him up. well I think that they will come to the correct conclusion but in the wrong manner like oh well I am baffled but nobody knows what goes on behind behind closed doors you know not realizing how right and wrong they are at the same time because they didn't know mm. what actually was happening. I mean, Tim's going to be obviously against Yasmin completely. He might be He'll, a bit upset. Yeah, his dad's <laughs> dead Perhaps or you know on death's door. So wounded. he's gonna he's gonna be um, throwing all sorts of accusations at Yasmin. Sally might be a little bit conflicted because on the one hand she'll want to side with her husband slash husband to be, but on the other hand, I think she's she's started to realise that something's not going quite I right. Same with people... Kathy and Brian as well. I think that Brian will be. Um, against uh, Yasmin and, and will want to, to, to have her locked away, thrown away the key. Kathy will maybe try and say, no, well, I, I don't say, think so, but he'll know, shut her up. They'll be like, oh, she was very cold. She was very distracted and distant and agitated. Um, they said that, you know, this is the thing, think about it. She's turned up, she's being erratic, she's wearing a ball gown to a pub. 
she's making a fuss about about giving money to somebody that she's already agreed to give money to. This is what they're going to think, not not the reality of the situation. And she is acting sick and she's outside doing weird things. And Jess says she's got a drinking problem and she hit him on the head with a wine bottle and stabbed him in the neck. You would just think that she's an alcoholic who has gone into psychosis mm. and... And everything that everything that she's done is the sort of thing that somebody might do if they were having a mental breakdown or going through some kind of drinking binge, you know, all yeah. the weird stuff that all the weird stuff that she's done. Mm. I think that um, Eileen might end up being her unlikely saviour and she's not well, had she... a whole lot to do with the story. The, the, the thing with Eileen is, so Kathy might want to help Yasmin, but Brian will stop her. Sally might want to help Yasmin but she can't for, for, for loyalty well, Tim to Tim yeah but Eileen doesn't have anybody like that so oh how I, dare you what twisting the knife that poor <laughs> single woman I know <laughs> Yasmin is free to Eileen exp- is free Eileen is free to explore her own thoughts and suspicions she, and... Who, she, who will she tell Michael alone in that house Sean he loves a good gossip <laughs> oh, tell me more <laughs> also she did see what let's, let's remind everyone I don't know if we were clear enough she was walking past the house and she saw Jeff and Yasmin. Well, she saw Jeff marching up to the house, Yasmin trailing behind, sort of wailing to get his attention. Him putting her inside the house like she was a naughty dog and locking the door so that she couldn't get out as Yasmin stood up against the window yeah. trying to escape again. And, and, and she saw all of that. And that doesn't really have an explanation that is beneficial to... Jeff's side of the story. No, and and she knows about the the box, doesn't she? Yes, the magic she box. Does. Yeah, this is so funny. This reminds me of the fable of the the blind men and the elephant, where you get the blind men in the room and you give them a different bit of the elephant, and they come up with different explanations as to what it is because they can only feel the small part that you've allowed them. So everybody's got a tiny little bit, but not everybody knows that it's part of a jigsaw. They think they've got the whole picture. Mm. How yeah. many metaphors do you want me to fit into one <laughs> sentence? So uh, I think as Eileen's going to be helpful in this. I think. I mean, I wonder uh, when. When are we going to see Alia? Will she be in on, on Monday's episode? She's, She's going to have to come back, back in it next point. week. I, I can't remember where we were up to last with her because she's she's gone to Spain without Yasmin. Had, had she the last time we'd seen Yas, uh, Alia? I kind of remember her saying, "Well." I can't, she I can't told help Ryan you to keep an eye on Yasmin, and ya- and Ryan was like, "Sure, okay." Went round there, and Yasmin was like, "Thanks, Ryan, but I am old, old enough to take care of myself. Leave me alone." Mm. So, so Alia's going to have to be you know, fighting on Yasmin's side, isn't she? Hopefully, I'm I'm hoping that Imran is the one that takes Yasmin's defence on. Listen, I don't make it, Adam. Yeah, definitely, I agree with that. We want Imran to be the the, the brief. Say what you like about Ali, and we've definitely slated her before on the show, but I'd like to think that if, if her gran w- were to just stab a man in the eye with a screwdriver, she would defend her to the death, <laughs> whether or not she, the, who, the person deserved it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- how did you feel about the fact that this has gone a bit more sensationalist this week? It was inevitable, I think. I think it kind of had to. I mean, if you're going to do... It is a soap. If you're going to do a realistic kind of story, the ending would be somewhat anticlimactic because it would just be, hopefully, a happy ending would be Yasmin 
realising that she was being abused and escaping in the night with a bag of frocks mm. and, and never talking to, to Jeff again, that that's not as compelling or or dramatic as what we saw of what we've seen today no. and yet again we're in this kind of quandary that soaps always have when they have an issues based storyline is how much can you remain true to the spirit of a real experience that people go through while you're tell- trying to tell a story that's going to engage people and that's have them it is it's the back. engagement isn't it i mean if kate oates tenure told told us anything it's sensationalism gets people talking yeah and i haven't and checked on who's trending on Twitter at the moment, but I wouldn't be surprised if just Jeff and Yasmin weren't again. Coronation Street needs needs the the advertising. They need people talking about it. Um, well, Corey is t- trending at the moment along with... Um, oh, Feelings there as well. Oh, really? How funny. And um, what else? Danny Ings and oh. Wendy James. I don't oh, know okay. who they are. Um, yeah, and, and, and I can't turn around and say they shouldn't have done this because everybody knows that I like this sort of thing in Coronation Street so it'd be a little bit um, hypocritical of me to have um, criticised it for going down this route. If it, if the story had just fizzled out, I'd have probably been left a bit disappointed by it. I just hope that they don't screw the ending because the ending feels like it could be in sight. You just don't know, do you? I mean, I'm assuming that Yasmin's going to... You know, she's going to get arrested for it. People won't believe her. She might get sent to prison for a bit or something like this, and then they'll find the video footage. There was also, let's not forget, the video footage that, if if it was a video, do you remember back months ago where Jeff phoned, uh, filmed Yasmin cowering on his phone? Yeah, it was either his phone or her phone. He he was backing oh, her yes, into the corner sorry, in the yeah, kitchen, similar it to how he was today. It wasn't the video footage from the house. No, but he actually filmed it. Yeah. He yeah. filmed her squirming, and I, I can't remember if anything has go. happened to that. And he was saying, oh, who? what would people say if they saw this? They'd think you're pathetic. Mm. So he's been a little bit slapdash, to be honest. Did, was he just too cocky that he thought he'd never get found out? Is he deleting Michael, all of these videos sorry, as soon as they're filmed? Women, but- women have more evidence than this of, of men cheating and have not done anything. Well, he, I, 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 I think that that's just going to end up coming and getting him. I I think in a way it is almost irrelevant to how the story continues whether Jeff lives or dies at this point because if Jeff does live he is just going to pretend that she attacked him and play the victim it's Mm. not going to affect how likely it is that she's going to get in trouble and people won't believe her you know it's not like if Jeff survives he'll go yeah I'll hold my hand up actually I was being a bit of a dick if he I I deserved it if he does pull through it and try to get everybody to feel sorry for him is Yasmin's kind of state of mind in a place that she will feel sorry for him and she'll feel guilty and she'll go yeah. right back to No, I don't think I don't think they'll do to that. grovel mode but or I is would, she out of it now? I really think the more the more I think about it, the more I think that Jeff has to live. I think he does. I think he really really does. Because if he if he dies in a way he's won because she's going to have to go through all the trauma of having to explain herself having looking like a murder like a murderer and living with the guilt that she'll yeah. feel about killing her husband and we're never going to get to see jeff unmasked in front of all of his friends and family no he needs a public shaming but i don't want it to be a court public shaming because like you always complain about how when there's some kind of big crime like this on Corrie, then we have the inevitable court case and it's always very predictable i don't really want 
although it would be i would accept it i wouldn't find it to be the most satisfying ending to have jeff unmasked in the in the dock you know Mm. for being a a horrible abuser he's he wants he's a very public person he wants to be in the spotlight he's a magician he's a radio dj he likes the attention and to have that public attention turned on him and have him just he just needs to be made to feel as as, justice yes he needs to be made to feel as bad as he made yasmin feel except this time he will know that what people are saying is true Mm. Mm. i just kind of really want the last thing last time we ever see jeff it to be tim slamming the door in his face like Jeff going, please, you have to believe me, son. Yasmin, she was awful to live with. You can't imagine what she was like. She was a horrible, she was a terrible woman. And then him just going, I think no, he Dad. needs. I think it needs to be the prison door slamming on him after he put Yasmin in prison in her own home. But what? He, what is his crime? Coercive control. The way that he's treated her, he deserves to be punished for that. He needs to be also um, chicken killing. <laughs> If chicken killing's a crime, then lock KFC up. <laughs> Colonel Sanders in the slammer. Uh, there, there needs to be something. He, he needs to go to prison. He doesn't need to die. He needs to be. He needs to get a taste of his own medicine and have uh, and be and be trapped in there with some horrible monster. I think, but for that to happen, there still needs to be many months to pass. I suppose. Because already we're behind with Coronation Street, so it could well be, you know, summer or autumn or whatever that this finally reaches a conclusion. And there's still some kind of dangling threads as well. Like the... I I wonder whether Yasmin finding about the fact that Jeff doesn't have a heart problem is going to come to anything. I was just very thrown by you saying that he's going to be put into prison for coercive control so I looked it up quickly because I didn't think that was crime actually it is I thought it was according to rightsofwomen.org.uk it is a criminal offence and you can report it but if you if the person is found guilty they can only be sentenced for up to five years in prison or a fine or both mm. it doesn't really feel um it doesn't really anyway listen Whether let me continue fo- just quickly um the police have to investigate it and you it says here you can help by providing copies of emails, text messages, voicemail recordings, photographs of injuries or damage to property. You may be able to um, prove evidence of financial abuse by showing bank statements or kept a diary of your experiences. You may be able to show you've lost contact with friends and family. This is all the things that have happened, uh, so you ask me. Evid- you and there's a lot to, of evidence. Listen, you may be able... Yeah, you may have lost... It's gone to contact. ITV Hub. Um, your medical records may show that your abuser accompanies you to appointments or threatens to make false allegations, etc., etc. So there you go. Yeah. There is enough, there is evidence if she can find that camera. And I said on Twitter earlier that this camera, this these, these video footage, as we said before, it's Chekhov's gone, gun. There's no point. You literally cannot show something like this and not have it be part of the story. It's just bad storytelling. Mm. I, I th- and, and five years might not sound like enough. And, and I don't want there to be, a, oh, in five years' time, Jeff's going to come back and haunt. Now, once he's gone, he needs to be gone. But maybe, again, he's been saying a lot through this about having some illness. He's been faking being ill. I think he needs to actually find out that he's got some kind of life-threatening illness. He's got four years to live say then he gets thrown in prison for five years so we are as a viewer are left to know that he will die in prison prison. it'll be a bit joe exotic joe's not dead 
<laughs> no, but he's 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 in there for a long time, isn't he? I don't, I don't know whether he's going to be. Uh, he's in there for about twenty odd years. I don't think he's going to be seeing that that sunshine again. Um. So. Um, oh, we haven't mentioned. We haven't even mentioned the other stories yet. The the great the great script all week, and there was a really funny bit where Jeff said he called Doctor Gaddis Gaddis the badass, oh, and no, he also said he know. wouldn't kick her out of bed. <laughs> which I think we all I think we all as it collectively as a nation had decided this before that. Yeah, Jeff, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she can sleep wherever she wants. That woman. The the, the <laughs> scripts were great, and 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 I think it was appropriate for Jonathan Harvey, who is known for putting humour and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work into his scripts that kind of worked for the beginnings of Monday and Wednesday's episode but I, I think that the fact that they played it more straight for tonight's episode was very very appropriate and if he'd have been saying all these funny lines and there were still a few um, horrific insults that he said but I think the tone was shifted suitably yeah, dark very sinister on, on Friday's episode so I think they <sighs> just right just what right the indeed. hell very very exciting i i can't remember the last time i had that kind of reaction to a coronation street episode it it probably was and maybe i'm maybe i'm forgetting things but i'm i may well say that that was my favorite episode since since andy and Vinny Mm. in the warehouse i have to also say that i am so glad that coronation street has made this their a story for for a, a considerable amount of time because quite often when we've championed uh, some characters or a particular storyline uh, it can be really disheartening when it kind of like gets pushed to one side for something else that you we're can't not that tell can in. you what's going to be no. what's going to take the and lead I was and what's going to fizzle at, out at the very beginning of this story that perhaps coronation street wouldn't push it to the front and 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 if they did i was also concerned that people wouldn't get behind it as much as they have done. Mm. And I'm so thrilled for everybody that is involved. He's planned the storyline runners, the script writers, directors, production team and the actors that everybody seems to either love or hate this story, which goes to show you how impactful it's been because you can't really have something like this and have people university love it, it the, the fact that people hate it is just as powerful they've as just got as to stick the landing it. because yeah, we're at a stage now where we were i mean it's basically two years ago phelan was coming out of the the sea wasn't he and we we're like this is brilliant this, <laughs> like, he, we, we, like we, we think phelan's dead next episode oh no he's not he's fine and we we're like oh what's what's phelan's fin- fin- finale going to be and although phelan's final episode had a lot of good points I was left feeling, ah, by it, you know? The Big Britain's Got Talent Week with Phelan, where he doesn't even, he barely even has anything to do until the Thursday. Anna coming back, stabbing it, it just didn't quite go the way I wanted it to. And I got a feeling that we're at the same position in this story as we were with the Phelan story. And the plan was that this story is going to come to a climax in Britain's Got Talent Week, whenever that's going to show on TV now, because they weren't filmed it yet. They've they've got the the chance to give it a really satisfying conclusion, and I hope yeah. they don't screw it up. I really don't, really hope they don't screw it up. Don't Stephen King it, Coronation Street. <laughs> to, to me, Jeff leaving dead is going to be a screw up. Yeah, me too. But oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But you know, um, I I don't know what I want particularly, or how I can see that they can do this in a satisfying way but I do I really do have faith 
at the moment that they're going to bring this home. If they go down the route where Yasmin gets accused, Imran defends her, she gets um, found guilty, then they find the video evidence, (laughs) then she's let out. No, I'm just saying. This this yeah. is where it seems like it's going to All go. Right. She gets let out. Yeah. Um. He gets thrown into prison. That's the end. If they go down that route, fine. That that should be okay. okay. Good. That should From be your okay. tone of voice, I thought that you were complaining. But I I hope that they do something what to else surprise could they me. Do? I don't know. Uh, it's, that's not my job. They they, Yasmin, they, sort of, they think of something. Yasmin just suddenly turns green and it turns out that that wasn't actually antibiotics <laughs> that Dr. Gaddis gave her, but it, it's the Hulk medicine. Yeah, because she knows that Jess controlling her and she's like, if you just take these and she's like, every day, you're or, or, or she's like Professor X. Dr. Gaddis is like Professor X and she's just cultivating a bunch of mutants and she's going to put something weird in Yasmin's water and make her turn into like laser eyes or something. <laughs> People might think that was weird though. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward, very, very much looking forward to seeing how this plays out. And I'm not at all looking forward to the inevitable weeks on weeks of this story not featuring because <laughs> they can't keep up this pace no. all the way through the next few months. It's going to be... People won't like it anyway because some people don't like this storyline and that's fair enough. Oh, I know, I know. And I feel really... I always feel bad for the people that don't like it. I mean, we, <laughs> we make fun of them a little bit and go, well, how many people are going to complain to Ofsted? Not Ofsted, that's, <laughs> sorry, that's just me. How many people are going to complain to Ofcom about this? We put a tweet out, didn't we, earlier? Yeah, yeah. But it, there's going to be in the hundreds. People complain, people don't like it. And they're, they're yeah. perfectly entitled not to like it. And I feel bad that they don't like it. But there's things I don't like as well. Yes. Um, you can't please everybody no. with your soul. Um, and also, I don't know what the point is I was trying to make now. The also, the, I guess the good, the reassuring thing is for Coronation Street that is that um, it's not just people who have been through this who are going. I hate this storyline. There are plenty of people that we've seen on Twitter who have said this is so exactly what happened to me. This was like my relationship with my ex, or my mum went through this, or you know, I know someone who's had this experience, and this storyline is really compelling, and um not enjoying it but you know this is important and uh, uncomfortable but it's but coronation street needs to do a story like this Mm. so um if you're doing a story like this and everyone who's been through it is going no what are you doing that's when you've got a panic but that's not been the case i know some people who have gone through this don't want to watch this yeah and i you know other people are just saying this is too dark this is too intense this isn't cory enough just exactly the same complaints that were being fired at kate oates during her time and yeah Fine, fine, fine. After a while, though, after years of saying this isn't Coronation Street, you have to stop to wonder what Coronation Street is. Yeah, but everyone is entitled to their opinions. And and in a few weeks, when it's all, you know, Sarah and Adam or or what have you, (laughs) it'll be dull. I don't want to watch people getting abused. I want to watch people cultivating STIs. We need to move on. To, and uh, not yes. much not much else happened well, in the other then. stories. But go on, Asha flashes. I'm, f- I'm fine, I'm ready. Okay. So on Monday, Eileen, Liz and Kathy are trying to reassure Dev about the situation, which is that poor Asha has been exposed, her video has been shared and put on the internet. Liz offers to send Amy round later to cheer Asha up. So she goes round there and Asha's not interested. She says, I'm not going back to school. I, I don't want to know. So... um. Dev gets him to go out so that he can call the head teacher and let them know what's happened. Kelly sees Gary in the cafe and he's still trying to play like the kindly um, uncle who is inexplicably interested in her school career out of nowhere. Um, and she tells him that she's in trouble and she's gonna she could get suspended because she has been revealed to be the person who sent the video from Corey's phone. 
Mm-hmm. But we still don't know who put it online, and I don't know whether that's ever going to come up. I don't think it I think, really matters. No, it doesn't really matter at this point. I still point. think if it's going to be anyone, it'll be pastel blue, but it'll be like, well, that so bitch. what? <laughs> Kathy sees off Kelly when she comes... So Asher and Amy are getting a kebab, and then Kelly comes in to moan at Asher for, for telling... For her dad telling the school about what she did, and Kathy's like, "Get out, you harlot! Um, this is this is Dev's shop anyway, so you're barred, I guess." Um, so I like that; it was quite satisfying. Asha goes home because she, now she knows that Dev's told the school. Has to go at him for saying for phoning the school up and dropping her in it again. Then she goes looks in in goes to her room, gets her phone out, looks at all the messages that are all in caps again, making fun of her. Fried eggs. And uh, Dev is sobbing at old pictures. That was a that, that was a great scene, really tragic scene Asher. there, wasn't it? I, I'm still wondering, like, why don't you just mute the chat, Asher, or leave the group? Is it? It's like it's because no. she feels. What? Well, look. When people say horrible things about me on the internet, you can't I help looking. Compulsively can you? look. It's and then I cry. In a way, she probably and I have feels. A montage. She feels bad to doing it. She feels dirty for doing it, and almost like she's she deserves like the she's, criticism she's that she's getting. Yeah, basically. On Wednesday, Dev is trying to be positive with Asha at the table and says, "Look, Sunita would be proud of you for trying to get through this, trying to sort of um, uh, focus on her resilience." Yeah, and. Um, besides, I've done things that would make your hair curl. I don't think anyone wants to hear about it, Dev. Um, Asha says, okay, I will go back to school at the end of holidays. I did wonder whether that was going to be the moment that he talks about the massive naked picture of him up on Victoria Flat, of Victoria Court 10, 15 years ago, but... See, this is the difference, though, between what happened to Dev and what happened to Asha, yeah? Yes, it was humiliating for Dev, and, um, certainly not excusing either situation, but Dev nakedness it was humiliating but people laughed and that was the end of it nobody sat there and judged him and went on and on about how he didn't live up to x y and z expectations it was just <laughs> funny like if, if a man doesn't isn't sexually attractive it's just a, it's just funny and harmless if a woman isn't isn't sexy in to somebody it's like the worst crime she can commit mm. that's why everybody's making fun of the way that she looks because it's like like it's it, her job as a young girl to you're right to there you go sexy. you're getting it yeah <laughs> so um kelly goes around to say sorry billy's told her that he ha- she has to i don't even remember how billy is involved in this because it, it's it's mixed up with, it, with, with the gary story um summer has asked billy whether kelly can come and stay with them we'll get onto that later and billy's like okay you can do but only if you go and apologize and i wondered whether she'd go and give a fake apology but i think it it felt quite genuine to me i don't know it it, it really did and i don't know whether the actress who plays kelly Really did upload a picture of Ashley too. No, no, I'm just saying, was she supposed to be acting apologetic or was she supposed to be pretending to be apologetic and not doing a very good job of it because she came off as genuine? But I thought that was a a great scene with Dev saying, my daughter is worth ten of you. I really loved this scene. Kelly goes around to say sorry because Billy's told her to. And as you said, she does seem like she is genuinely sad about what's happened. But Dev is not hearing any of it. I really liked how he he refused to sort of... Uh, budge in the face of her um, being, you know, being sad and and stuff. He was just like, no, 
It's like I'm it's too little, too late, it. really. You have ruined my daughter's life. You're not as good. You're, she's your scum compared to her. Just get I, out. I love the little cut to Asher on the top of the stairs when when he says, "My daughter is worth ten of you," and, and a little smile creeps onto she just Asher's kind face. Of, yeah, it she was. Knows, it but was her dad's got her back. The ghost of a smile. Yeah, and it was subtle. It was important. I think it was really important for Asher to realise that even when her dad doesn't know that she is listening, he is proud of her. Yeah, and and it's this one one bad thing doesn't define her in his eyes, and that was really important for. Yeah, I don't want this to be a story about Dev versus Asher. No, no, no. Um, I think so, they so played now, it really well. They are on the same team, and he also points out to to. Um, Kelly that it's because of Asha's compassion that the school are backing down because she wanted you guys to not get in trouble mm. but then he does say it's a police matter now and that's it yeah yeah little scab yeah tart scallywag don't say tart um any any other thoughts on this story okay not a whole lot happened it felt like a, a, a kind of natural ending point for now on Wednesday what's this quote Oh, De- I've written if I show willing. Dev said, and it sounded like at the time he said if oh, I show if I show willing. Why did I bring that up? <laughs> he did it. If I show my willy on the internet, no. you're even I show yes. No. Ardy oh, wasn't in it again this week, I was know. he? It's odd. There's been a few episodes where I thought would really benefit. We don't need Ardy in this. New Ardy, and I know the stories about Dev and Asher and their relationship. No, it but... didn't need it. Didn't need Ardy. It was fine how it was. I think it's really. I really am. I was so touched by Dev and Asher. Mm. Yeah, it's lovely, lovely stuff. Um, then we had a little bit more conclusion, I suppose, the Ken story, which is Tracy wanting to be, to remain this, the owner of number one, even though Ken hasn't got around to selling it to her yet. And she starts to realise that home ownership isn't maybe all that's cracked up to be on Monday. I could when not the boiler believe that a woman of her age, like how old, she's in her 40s. Yeah. She has got to the stage in her life where she doesn't understand that if you own your house and something breaks, you have to fix it. It seemed like it a bit... drove um, me nuts. It was a bit convenient it for the plot. That within days of her being forced to, you know, um, fight with her dad about who owns this place, that, that a boiler breaks down. And also, yeah, you pointed out when we were watching on Monday, Amy, why did you get in the shower when it was clearly cold? You idiot. You, f- you put your hand out to feel if it's cold and then you get in. You don't just Wait jump in it. Wait for the shower to, to steam scream. up or something. <laughs> yeah, so the boiler's broken down and bloke comes around and Tracy's a bit miffed to find that it's going to cost upwards of two and a half thousand pounds to fix it. And Ken is like super smug because um, she's he's like, well, your house, you've been saying, so I'm not paying for any of this. Good and for Pe- you, Ken. Peter's there kind of chortling on down there and this is when Tracy tells him to shut his alcoholic face. This is definitely total Barlow territory though, isn't it? Like, oh, yes. Tracy has just been smacked in the face with a bill of two and a half grand and who's got money to spare of that amount? Nobody, realistically. And then Ken and Peter are like, ha ha! Like, oh, so I'm sorry, do you not want hot water in this house or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're all just being scumbags to each other, aren't they? Well, Ken's just um, been very fortunate, because I think at this point he's already plotting what he's going to do on Wednesday, which is basically... I think he bloody went in there and, and pulled a few did. wires out. He probably did. Um, we, we, oh, yeah, on Wednesday, Daniel came back. Da- Daniel's back, everybody, there, for, for one I, scene. There was no fanfare, so I was slightly underwhelmed. Yeah, he's a bit nervous about being back on the street, but I guess something will happen with that in, in coming weeks, but we'll see. Anyway, Ken... That's still not back. No, no she's still dancing up? on ice, isn't she? Somebody else went up with him and then stayed up there. No, I thought that was it. I thought it was Somebody just... Somebody else... Oh, Kirk? No, Kirk's not up there. Oh. I don't think it... No, it's just, it's just Beth and Bertie. No, Bertie's back. Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know. It doesn't matter. Stretching her legs out. Yeah. They're basically, they all have a meeting in the Rovers, Tracy, Ken and Peter, and Tracy tries... Bless her, she, she this tries. This was the most ridiculous plan She's I've ever heard. She's usually better at being Scheming. manipulative than this and, you know, pulling the wool over people's eyes. But she says, tell you what, Dad, I'm still going to own this house, but I don't want to pay for it yet. <laughs> yeah. um, can I just save it up and you pay for all the bills and everything? And, and then I'll uh, give you the money later. Yeah, and Ken's like, no, in fact, I'm not selling, so... It's you, Tracy. My house, you can sling your up in the master bedroom as well. And it's basically gone back to how it was to begin with, apart from Tracy and Steve are living there as well for, for a little bit of time. Because Peter's gone to live at the Rovers with Carla. Yeah, I think exactly. It, <sighs> I did. Feel I just a bit, can't help sorry. feel underwhelmed. I felt. As I said, bit, I've moaned about this enough last week. I felt a bit sorry for for Tracy because it feels like nothing ever goes right and I, I do sometimes feel bad for characters who just have innocent kind of everyone should be able to aspire to what they want out of life but somehow it gets snatched away and we're supposed to think that they were wrong to ever want it in the first place you know mm. like I know that Tracy had no right to think that she should have number one and Ken should pay for the boiler but still wanting to own your own home when within a family is certainly not um you know like she's got aspirations beyond Mm. like everyone should be able I'm not saying everyone obviously I know people can't but everyone should be able to if if the world was fair and I know it's not but it just feels mean to laugh at someone who just wants something quite simple Tracy had her fair share of everything's going right for me when she got away with murder and I think that was basically (laughs) her lifetime supply she used up all her good good luck in one go yeah basically but I I, I do agree I felt a bit bad for her and Ken was being insufferably smug I I know they were all just being dicks to each other yeah but that's family as I isn't it oh you know who'd have them Mm. I still, I mean, Tracy and Steve aren't going to stay living at number one with Ken and... Uh, it's just Ken there at the moment, isn't it? I don't long? know. They might do because they, I no, don't think Coronation Street cares. Don't, Coronation Street does not care where people live anymore. Uh, it's just pointless to even consider. Like, who lives where? Nobody cares. Just don't think about it. Tracy and Steve will be back up in their old flat before you know it. Mark my words. Well, Liz is there by herself at the moment, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. So and when there's one person living alone in a home, then <laughs> it won't someone be long got before fit. someone moves in. It's like it's like in a, if you make make a. Um, I'm trying to think of the physics here. Vacuum, air rushes in. You know what I'm saying? Nature abhors a vacuum. It's that. It's like it's like the Tories are in charge of Coronation Street. They're like, no spare bedrooms, no spare bedrooms, or we tax you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and when we say spare, we mean if one person's occupying it, there's still room for more. I, I I can see Liz moving Scott into the flat just around the time that Steve and Tracy want to move back in there, and and then they have ensues. shenanigans. Yeah, basically. What was going on with Kelly? Probably and killer. Demo. Probably there'll be a funny oh. shenanigans where. Scott moves in because Liz said that was fine and then Tracy and Stephen move in at the same time without asking Liz if it's okay and she didn't ask them if, if it was okay if Scott moves in and then somehow Tracy and Scott go meet each other in the bathroom in, in the middle of the night and think, yeah. and then uh, some, some kind right, of compromising, itself, compromising situation involving <laughs> one of them only wearing a towel. As long as that's not the A story, fine. <laughs> fine. Go on, Gary and Kelly, Gemma. Right. Finish us off. On Monday, Laura shows up. Laura, Kelly's mum. First yeah, encounter Laura. With what's what's the surname? Neelan. Laura Neelan. She might not be Neelan. She might have changed her name. I think she is. Shows up. Um, what does this sentence mean? Laura shows up. Where's Rick Rinnand? 
Oh, yeah, I didn't turn this into full sentence. This is exactly what you've written. Laura shows up. Where's Rick been in touch still providing with Kelly? Okay. Um, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Gary's telling her Rick's still been in touch with me. He's Um, saying, What's going on with the money, basically? Kelly's money is being provided. How come she's not in school? Yes. (laughs) I think that's what I meant when I wrote that. Kelly accuses Laura, her mum. No, Gary. Gary, Jesus. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't as into this story as you can see by the quality <laughs> of my notes. Some people have a fight about money and that's uh, this it. This story is not gripping me in the slightest. I can tell. Gary, Gary basically says the money's been provided, so where has it gone? And, and insinuates that Laura's been taking it. And he says, I need to get Kelly back into Oak Hill because Rick's going to kill me if he finds out. No, Rick's, Rick's going to kill, kill you. you, Laura, if he finds out you've been taking the money and not sending the kid to school. And then she goes off in a half and then Maria pops up going, hello, don't forget. Maria just seems to spend her whole life hanging around outside the furniture shop and happening to catch dodgy people going in and out and wondering who they are. She's yeah. a business owner. Wow. Times are tough. On Wednesday, Gary explains to Maria who Laura is and that the fact that Rick's gone missing. And Maria's like, why the hell do you care? Which is totally what you would say because it really, on the face of it, makes no sense why he's so obsessed with this random girl. Mm. And I would be a lot more suspicious if I was Maria than she seems to be about <laughs> this. Summer lends a sympathetic ear to Kelly um, because Kelly's saying, my mum's left town, I need space. Yeah, yeah and by, this was by very Wednesday poignant. episode, Laura's done a runner already. Is she only in it for one episode? Is she going to be back again? I don't know. Um, it was quite poignant because Kelly's saying, Kelly's like realises that Summer's dad's dead. And she's like, oh, at least I'll see my dad again. And she doesn't realise that her dad's dead as well. Yes. Poignant, everybody. <laughs> Summer gets Billy to invite Kelly to come and stay with them and so they have to sort out... I don't understand how easy it is to just snatch a random teenage girl off the street, but I guess if you're a vicar, it's slightly easier than normal. Yeah, just just go around his house and say, Sanctuary! And then it's fine. Don't steal the bowls, though, because there'll have to be a massive song about it. (laughs) Um, Maria is going on about the wedding. There's too many people waiting on about weddings. They still not got married. No. So here, so it's just weddings all the time. Weddings, weddings. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. And then he sees Kelly and Billy. He's, she, he's, he, she's wittering on and she doesn't notice that he's not paying a blind bit of notice. He's more interested in seeing that Billy is, you know, chatting if, with Kelly over on another table in the cafe. If she's smart, she'll use this opportunity to sneak in a few ideas here that she knows he's not going to be interested in and then say, Gary... You agree, you don't you? Okay. And he'll be like, yeah, whatever you want. And she'll be like, ha ha, turquoise doves. <laughs> in the pub, oh no, yeah, yeah. in the pub, Gary says to Billy, how's Kelly, whatever. And he's like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I don't so, know. Well, Gary you now... haven't given me a lot to work with here. Were you also not interested in this? Can you remember any of this happening? I remember the turquoise doves and that's really where I stopped paying attention. <laughs> it... 
Basically, Kelly has now been given the perfect excuse to move on to the street so that she can be around and under under Gary's nose and him sweating about where she'd go away. Otherwise, she's going to find out. I might just inadvertently blurt out that I killed her dad and buried him under the ground in the woods. does seem rather improbable that social services would go... Right, so your mum's done a runner and your dad's been missing since last year and you've got this giant house that you live in by yourself and you want to move in with a girl and a vicar and a, and a gay man. Mm. That sounds fine. Look, as long as there's no paperwork involved, just do it and don't talk, talk to me about it again. Yeah, it's... it's. I don't know how easy this would be. It's very convenient, although I did enjoy the Summer and Kelly relationship. Like you said, that, that scene was quite nice where they were bonding and it's, it's it'd be good to give... Summer something to do because she has been light on the stories for quite a while now. I think Summer is taking pity on 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 Kelly without fully understanding that Kelly's only really being nice to her because she needs something. I've known girls like Kelly when I was at school and I don't think that there is a long term future in the Summer and Kelly relationship. Yeah, Summer, Summer is smart but she is naive. She doesn't seem like the sort of girl that is going to get on with somebody that uploads revenge porn to the internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kelly wouldn't talk to Summer for five minutes if she hadn't been ostracised from her friend group for being a conniving, backstabbing cow, mm. would she? She hasn't got anyone to talk to anymore. No. So she suddenly decided that Summer's a suitable friend for her. Well, she didn't have much of a friend group to begin with, to be honest, because she's only been at the school for a few weeks. Well, she, well I just, sorry, I have no sympathy for Kelly. Do you think that Summer and or Billy are going to play a big part in the um, conclusion of Gary the villain and I digging up Rick? Not, and because it feels a bit like they've come in at the final chapter, if that's so, you know? Mm. I had the same problem. I had the same problem with Anna and the Phelan stuff. But then, you know, when you kind of think back to the origins of the character of Phelan and how he first became unmasked as the villain, it did make narrative sense that... Anna was there at the inception of his villainy and then well, she he, was the end... You yeah, know. he was haranguing her for a well, long yeah, time. Well, yeah, I know, but it did feel a bit like she... Well, she did. She literally came back to the show. Yeah. Um, it would feel a bit weird if Kelly and Billy were involved in, in Gary's downfall when they had literally had had nothing to do with it before then. Mm. I mean, it makes kind of sense because um, Kelly is like Rick's proxy, but it's not satisfying to me. No. If they, if they were to be involved. No. It needs a bit more... Need somebody, I don't know. There's I just, I, really I, I wish I was more invested in this story <laughs> because it's it's obviously a big one and it's going to be a big one, and and maybe it's going to you know, climax in the sixtieth anniversary, whatever happens. With I think that now. I think Gary's going to be a big part of the sixtieth. Yeah, I just at the moment I'm just wishing that this story would end. Whereas with the Yasmin and Jeff, even though I can tell that if this is the closest it's felt to the ending for a long time, it's turned such a big corner, I'd be like happy for it to go on for a lot longer. But yeah, this I'm just, get on with it. Make me interested. Not at the moment, sadly. Which is What's it got to do with marshmallows? Oh, I just wrote, marshm- wrote marshmallows are on trend here because Roy gives, um, I think he gives Summer a hot chocolate with marshmallows and he says, oh, I put marshmallows in it. I believe they're on trend at the moment. It's like, well done, Roy, just catching up to... 1985. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. That is it for this week's Coronation Street. Massive developments and excitement and drama in the Yasmin story. Not a whole lot else in some of the others. As strong as the Asha uh, Flash's storyline is, not a whole lot happened. There were some great scenes there. Uh, and the Ken and the Kelly stuff and the, those two stories brought it down for me. I... I 
despite all this, I I I would say it's I've got a very easy and obvious score in my head. I'm not like going between two numbers here. Do you know what you're going to score at? Yep. Do you say it at the same time after three? One, two, three, four, four and, and a half. half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. This is the most four and a half week. It is clearly to me that the amount of excitement and drama and tension and everything that the Yasmin um, piled onto the week, it, 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 I almost think that if, if it had just been this story, which in, in it, it could have been the way that the episodes are being chopped up at the moment. It, it could have been a five week, but the, the, the Ken stuff, the Gary stuff, the Kelly stuff, just brought it down only by half a point yeah exactly exactly this was a fantastic week the the best week that Corey has had for a very very long time um good job we've got so many potential things that we could score out of thanks to jonathan harvey's scripts on monday and wednesday <laughs> and a little bit of a, a, a today scripts as well good lines uh, we, we've written down uh, a selection of um <clears throat> jeff's lines i don't know whether we just want to as we've both given the same score, can we just go through all of these or are we stealing from stealing the people from on the, the Facebook, Facebook group? group? Okay, so um, <laughs> go on, you, you pick one of these. My, I'm going to give it four and a half nights in Shining Korma because that was just so awful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to give it four and a half. Ooh, how is that? Four and a half, snibbling, stinking, shriveled up excuses for a wife. Thank you. <laughs> I have to give a shout out to Yaz Hans because that was all, <laughs> that was also so terrible. He's like, show me. He's like, came came in and said, Yaz show Hans. Show me your Yaz Hans. Show me your Yaz Hans. Like, oh, being forced to participate in an awful pun is one of the worst things. <laughs> oh, no, I do yeah. that to you every yeah. week. Yeah, it's torture. <laughs> um, okay, character of the week. Um... Is it Yasmin or Jeff? Yeah, exactly. Maybe one of us should do one and the other the other. I mean, (laughs) Jeff was awful, but he was also brilliant and um, compelling and darkly hilarious in parts, wasn't he? It feels bad to give him character of the week, although we gave Phelan character of the week week after week, didn't we? Yeah. Without any shame. Yeah. Um, That's because Phelan only murdered people. (sighs) There's no, there's nobody else could possibly be on the radar for this. But you can't. Yeah. But there's reasons. The thing for is, both. Pat, Pat never really had a, a compelling victim, a continuous. Well, it was Anna, wasn't it? But we just yeah, didn't really but, like Anna. Yeah. No, but she wasn't always the focus of his attention. Not like, always. Like Yasmin has been Jeff's obsession, so mm. there was never a counterpart. Like there was never a, really like, oh, should it be feeling or should it be X? You know, I, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it to to Jeff for his awful puns, for his hit horrifying put downs, for his love of custard creams. Um, no, not custard creams. creams. Coffee cream. Everyone loves custard, everyone creams. loves custard cream. Coffee cream. Where do you think you are? Um, yeah, Jeff. He was. I think I have to give it to Jeff as well, just because. Oh he's my god, so... for Yasmin. <laughs> We're the well, should I give it to, to, to Yasmin then? You, you give it to whoever you want. I just think there's going to be. Listen, we know there will be more Yasmin, but we don't know if there's going to be any more Jeff. This yeah. could be a swan song. It could. I be. don't think it is. I really, I'm like ninety percent sure he's going to be back next week, but because yeah. I just don't know what the benefit of the story would be to have him die. Mm. Yasmin was great. Yeah. And he, she is the most honourable of honourable mentions. Oh, of course. Fighting back 
Um, but oh, now you've made me just, feel bad, Michael. I'm going to have to change it. She was a victim all week. Not that so no, I'm no. saying, like, you, you know, I'm not criticising her for that. Shelley was excellent, but so was Ian. Yeah. Okay, I'll give it to Yasmin, you give it to, to Jeff. You give it to whoever you want, but I'm giving we'll, it to Jeff we'll, this week. Yeah, we'll share, we'll share it. <laughs> okay, fine. So, four and a halfs and Jeff and Yasmin. Yeah. Characters of the week. What Wonderful. a bloody week that was. What a bloody week. There was blood. <laughs> um, there wasn't. If you look carefully, there wasn't. Was there no blood? No, I ah. looked. Because I was like, that carpet. There's going to have to be so They can show blood on Coronation Street. They've done it before. Really excited think... for Monday's episode. Okay. I, don't, I don't know whether Wednesday and Friday is going to carry on in the same vein. It, it could completely, you know, go off the edge of a cliff. It, it, well, other stories take precedence. But for, for Monday's episode, the, the follow-up to this, it, it, it could I be can't amazing. wait. Well, we'll just have. You're going to have to, don't have any choice. Yes. As usual. So, uh, with that, I think we're done with. This is the longest street talk we've done for a long time. Considering there's only considering three there's episodes. Considering there's only been three episodes. But that's how you know you've done a good So, actually, we've spoken street. longer about it than it was actually on air. So, if, if you're using this as a catch up to save time, we're really sorry. And you don't even need to watch it now. No, watch it. Well, it of great. course, you won't have time to watch it now because you spent an hour and 45 minutes listening to two idiots. Right. Let's move on to our next bit. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Calm down now. <sighs> bit of cabin, bit of, bit of um, bit of news this week. Not very much, actually. Um, and some of it is linked to last week's story about the new Maggie Sullivan book, which um, Coronation Street blog have actually done a bit more research than we did into this, and has discovered the names of two other Maggie Sullivan books that are potentially um on the cards. Yeah. Um, Good job. So according to listing on Amazon, and and the dates here do seem a bit suspicious for me. Remember last week we said that um, The Land Girls of Coronation Street um, is supposed to come out in February 2021. Now this Amazon have got down the postmistress of Coronation Street down for January 2021 and wartime on Coronation Street for February 2021. I can't believe that those dates are anything other than placeholders because I don't see them releasing three Coronation Street wartime novels in the space of two months. I don't think there's... Gr- there's- that much demand i don't think people could read it fast enough no um i'm glad that there's there's apparently more than one i mean i, I don't even know whether wartime on coronation street is the same as the land girls on coronation street. I, I mean i don't maybe, know whether it's a placeholder title or maybe they're going to they put three up and whichever one gets the most amount of pre-orders they'll write that one <laughs> maybe maybe um i i was trying to work out last week on the podcast who these land girls of coronation street could be and couldn't really get much further than phyllis pierce and i got no idea who was a postmistress during during i assume world war Two. and um i, I did do a, a little search on corripedia for postmistress and it didn't give me anything so who knows and wartime on coronation street well that could just be about anything couldn't it so we'll uh we'll wait and see whether these uh books actually appear and what they're about and uh Watch this space for that one. Um, next bit of news is... Uh, it's not even news, it's a rumour again. Uh, Bev Callard was on the front of the mirror, I think, the uh, a couple of days ago because allegedly she has signed up to the Celebrity Jungle for this year. To be I, I'm a celebrity. To be I'm, a, I'm, on, I'm a celebrity. I think that she'd be um, excellent. Um, she'd just have to take her um, Liz leopard print in there with her and she'd be totally camouflaged in she with the rest of the wildlife. So they, have, they have leopards in Australia? I'm thinking maybe they don't now. <laughs> well, but she certainly will look the part. She doesn't need to get anything special for her jungle gear. Okay. Um, do you think that she's got the, uh, the, the character in her to... 
She could get everybody good, doing a bit lab. of aerobics, couldn't she? She could. She could be very motivational. She is very motivational. We've been motivated by Beverly Callard in person when she was on the television and we watched her doing exercise. I think that um, <laughs> she seems to have the, the right kind of characteristics for this sort of thing. Um, I think she'd give anything a go and I think that she'd um, hopefully sort of add an air of kind of positivity and, and oomph to the, to the camp, I guess. Whether it's going to come true or not, who knows? We won't be watching that anyway because we don't watch I'm a Celebrity. But uh, as I say, maybe a bit of a slow news week this week, uh, which we end with, again, not really news, but Saran Jones was interviewed by the Mail on Sunday and it may have maybe almost 15 years since she was on Coronation Street, but she still gets asked about it because she played the wonderful Karen McDonald. And since um, her departure, people have been wondering when she's going to come back. Would she ever come back to Coronation Street? And um, she said no, basically. Oh. Um, Not surprising, really, but she says, I I don't blame a lot of people for taking a break and then going back. It's a steady job and a regular income, but... Basically, she said um, she's talking about the fact that it's it's a spring. It was a springboard for her, and I don't know. I think maybe she would see it as a bit of a um, a back step to Are go you back putting to words it. in her mouth. No, that's kind of what she was what she was implying. Which is a shame, but but not surprising. I mean, I think out of the big three, um, Sarah Lancashire, Saran Jones, Catherine Kelly, I would say that. Mm, Maybe Catherine Kelly would be the most likely to go I back. I think but... so as well, but I don't particularly know why I think that. No, I, I don't either, but I, I, I sadly don't really see anything I think it's probably back. just because I think that Sarah Lancashire has been far too long for her to, to return and she couldn't play the same character that she played because... Um, uh, what's her uh, name? Raquel. Raquel had such <laughs> a, um, a decisive return in such an altered way that she couldn't come back as Raquel and she couldn't, because she'd changed and she couldn't come back as the changed character because nobody liked that character. Mm. They liked Raquel as she originally was. It'd be, and, it'd be a filler, wouldn't it? Except even yeah. worse, because Raquel was so, so, so loved. People would want... Yeah, yeah. they'd want mid-90s Raquel back yeah. in it and they, they and, wouldn't get her. And Saran Jones has now said she doesn't want to come back. But mm. also I think it's because of the two characters that Saran Jones and Catherine Kelly played. I think and that, and Becky. that Becky is be, I just think it's because I think Becky's more of a laugh that she, that, that it's therefore it's more likely that Catherine Kelly would come back and not Saran Jones, but that's obviously illogical. Yeah. I, I know. What you mean, I know what you mean, but yeah. Also, I think that, I don't know. I feel like Catherine Kelly pops up in more things. I don't know. We don't watch wide enough range of No, but she always seems to be in things Whereas Saran Jones has had a couple of really high profile jobs. Yeah, yeah. And I just think, if you want something doing, ask a busy person. <laughs> I think it is a bit too much time has passed now since since Karen left. Yeah, but, that's um, the thing. It's I been would, it's been uh, less time since out of those three that since Catherine Kelly was. I there. would absolutely love either of those two to come back and give Steve, you know, make him sweat. But yeah. well, Ke- um, Saran did also say that. Well, I don't know whether it was in this interview or whether they referred to something that they. She'd said previously, but she said that if it was for a good cause and we were going to raise a lot of money, I'd definitely come back for something like Cobbett Relief. So you never know. Maybe we'll see her walk the cobbles again. But it's kind of like the thing is about it is that it's kind of hard not to take it a bit personally when an actor or actress says, oh, I wouldn't go back to the street anymore. It kind of makes you think, oh, well, too good for you, is it? But I totally understand 
the decision process behind it because especially with a character like Karen because it would just feel weird if she came back because it's been such a long time I don't think it would feel weird uh, it would I think it would mm. it, it would make more sense if Becky came back well you never know and she can't play Becky can she mm? She no <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe one day Sir Anne Jones will open up her own cheese business yeah and then like Start Sean Wilson who of... had said that he wouldn't come back um He'd rather walk across broken glass than come back to Coronation Street before his uh, mini return the other year. Maybe she would also come back. Yeah. I don't know if she's a cheese person. Maybe some charcuterie. <laughs> Who knows? So we've managed to string this three completely Jeez. non-news articles out into seven or eight minutes now. So well I done think us. with that, let's, uh, let's finish off this podcast with a bit of feedback. Feedback. I must say, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how everybody rates this week Coronation Street after our uh, four and a halfs that we both gave it. But um, I'll have to wait a week to find that one out. Last week's score on the Facebook group was three and a half. No, 3.6, sorry, out of five from our Facebook um, fans. Uh, Darren gave it three and a half love doctors. Fiona gave it three lions taking down a gazelle. And Andrew gave it three slices of breaded ham from the posh deli, which is my favourite one of the week. Yeah. I'm, I'm just hoping that... I nearly bought some Wiltshire ham the other day just because of Jeff and then I realised can't let him win. I'm looking out for more Jeff quotes if you're scoring this week, by the way, everybody. So, There's um, plenty to choose There from. are plenty. But if you want to, you know... Spice go, it out with something different. So yeah, go on a bit of a... Yeah, go throwing something from left field. Then you, you, you go, but you have to work pretty hard to, to beat some of Jonathan Harvey's um, <laughs> choicest quotes this week. Yes. Gemma, you wanted to read some tweets out first, didn't you? Because you put on um, uh, a, a tweet yourself a couple of hours ago asking people to send in their Ooh. feedback about this week's Corrie to, record, to read it on this week's podcast. So what yes. have people got to say? I've just got to find it. Oh, sorry, I thought you had it. I did. I thought I found, found it as well. So... I asked, yeah, I asked people on Twitter and this is what I, they we, said. We thought that people may have opinions on what went on tonight and we weren't wrong. That we weren't wrong. I'm just going to read them all out. Go for it. No swearing. Okay, so Wendy Jill, who's at Wendy GI 81590042, said, Excellent acting. Hashtag heartbreaking story. Upsetting to watch the final scene. OMG, Yasmin fights back. Clap hands, champagne bottle. <laughs> Lee Meyer, who's at Lee Meyer 26, says, I thought it was a powerful moment, but I also think it's important for people to know that there's not always a dramatic climax in situations like these to tie things up in a bow. Very true. Hashtag hurry. John, it's about that dramatic license, isn't it? John Bolas says, oh, at Bolas underscore John, brilliant. Shelley King breaks my heart. Such powerful performances from both Ian and Shelley. Amazing. Curry at its absolute best. John at John O'Doo says that was Alan Bradley times 100. Stunning script, brilliantly portrayed by Shelley and Ian and directed to perfection by Diana Patrick. There you Such go. Such as Barbara Knox and Mark Eden's performances have stayed with me. So too all tonight. Still shaking. Congratulations, everyone. And thoughts with anyone going it's through It's interesting in making life. the comparison to Alan Bradley's death scene. And they were, they were similar in some ways, but obviously very different in others. And, and that still does go down as a real famous Coronation Street scene, doesn't it? And whenever big things like this happen, I wonder, is this going to go down in horror curry history as well? I, I've making the comparison to Vinnie and Andy's death. And at the time, I was so blown away by that episode. I was thinking, this this is going to go down in the curry history books. But it kind of seems to have been forgotten, doesn't it? It's not 
it's I not up there. It doesn't that's... get referenced. Not so. Even the the, the Richard Hillman um, canal plunge that has become a famous Corrie yeah, yeah, moment. Yeah. And it really hasn't. I wonder whether this, this will. It really boils down to what gets used in clip shows. Because mm. I think just that, like, we, I don't know if you, got, if you guys have heard the, what people say about memories and in that your memory gets remade every time you remember it. So you're not remembering the memory from when you first made it. You're remembering the last time you remembered the memory. And sometimes I think clip shows about Coronation Street are the same in that they make you think that you remember things... Like everyone remembers the that that particular moment, but would they have done it without the clip shows? The you know what I'm saying. Having Al- Alan Bradley's sense? yeah yeah Alan Bradley's tram smash and the Richard Hillman canal plunge were both very stunty and both very spectacular course, to yeah. look at. I don't think they would have gone forgotten if it weren't for clip shows. But whereas tonight's one, yeah. it was all about kind of the build up to it and the performance, and I I, I think... don't think it was as spectacular as no, those two. So maybe will... it wouldn't get used in clip no, shows. No no no, but I am going to point out it was very visually distinctive. Which bit of it? The the, the filming techniques. Well, when he was in her with face. The, yeah, with the, yeah, the lighting POV and everything. Stuff. And I think that, that that will make it stand out in people's memories. Mm. Well, time will tell. We'll, we'll find out, won't we, in 10 years' time. <laughs> Tam Trainer at Tam Trainer 96 says, Hope they haven't killed him. Linda Mitchell at Linda MI 44408024 said, Only watched the end too gruesome before Watershed. Christopher Holmes at MR, MRCH11 said, should have made sure he's finished off. He's nastier than feeling. <gasps> and John Belay says, words. Pat was bloody brilliant. There's quite a lot of these. <laughs> Joe at JodyIX said, even though I'm glad he got what he deserved, I'm kind of disappointed he got killed off. I, I want to say something about people you need to be careful about choosing your Twitter handles. They need to be easy it's to say, difficult. but then we're, we're at conversation straw. Yeah, Michael's <laughs> like, Being a bit hypocritical there. Leslie M. Fon at Leslie London said, fantastic acting, so realistic it is unreal. Highlights the mental torture verging on physical abuse. Sarah Elizabeth Davis at Sarah ED 1974 said, Best night of lockdown, Jeff is dead. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, all the Coronation we'll Street out. fans should have gone out there at eight o'clock after tonight's episode and do that <laughs> clap, clap for Yaz. Uh, <laughs> or, or just go out there and do our Yaz hands. <laughs> There'll be a silent, <laughs> silent show silent of tribute. appreciation. Yaz hands, eight o'clock, oh Yaz hands. Um, at, Gillian Smith at Jilly Babe said, Intense to say the least, uncomfortable watch, but sadly, this does happen in some homes. Matt at at Matt B B eight eight. Love the way it was filmed. You knew from the first minute it was a special episode. I'm thinking the camera is going to be discovered and be some sort of defence for Yasmin. Mm. Um, Nancy, I've forgotten how to say it. Hovenesian. Hovenesian. Yeah. Um, love the episode. Chelly King and Ian were brilliant. It was hard for them to do these scenes. I was on the edge of my seat. I was hoping Carla would follow Yasmin into the loo. I also wanted Yasmin to kick Jeff in an effective area. <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. Nancy often replies to our tweets. Well, yeah, and can we just say where we're going? No, I've just got one, oh, no, go on, two then. more. Go on. Christine Nichols at Christina66 says, Just caught it on catch up as a survivor, too. I'm hoping and praying that Jeff hasn't been given the easy way out. A court case and a hefty sentence, please. Not ah, another feeling type, no justice ending. That's what uh, I was emojis. saying. And then Miss Beouch to you at, <laughs> at Ultimate Beouch said, really good. I think it's great. Curry are highlighting this. Just because he isn't physically abusive doesn't mean it isn't abusive. It's mental torture. And it looks like it's gone down with those people, well with those guys anyway. I have to say, it is a bit of a biased selection pool of 
people that follow us who True. generally think Corey's good. So. True, I'm sure there'll be plenty of criticism from, from certain areas of the internet, which is perfectly valid, of course. Um, we also so saw um, Andrew, Andrew M on Facebook oh, yeah. and Twitter, actually, not in reply to that, but said that that was the second best episode after the Vinny and... Uh, Andy. Uh, Andy death episode so it's funny yeah, it's how in, in sync about. with each other we are there I was just mm. going to when you were mentioning BFS for life when you were mentioning Nancy then I just wanted to say that she was um, our, our latest Patreon thank you thank you Nancy to Patreon this week as well um, we have got uh, also um, a message from Fangirl Overload123 who's becoming quite a regular on this podcast yes. feedback section I have to say who's um, sent in her thoughts about tonight's episode via Instagram She's, I think she's our only person that gives us she, um, yeah. regular feedback over Instagram, but why not? Um, she says, wow, that was intense. I was not expecting that to be as, as tense as it was. Brilliant acting all round. I think I would agree, but I'm not expecting it to be as intense because I knew, I knew going into the episode what the last scene would largely be, but I was thinking, how are they going to get to that? What's going to happen in today's episode that will lead to that, you know, climax mm. of that confrontation? Yeah. And, and it... it Brilliantly done. Um, continues, brilliant acting all round. I kind of liked how the episode was centred around one story and wish Corey would do it more, but I understand that with such a big cast, it's impractical to have one story per episode. As for the other stories in the week, I don't really have any opinion on them as I'm not not much seemed to happen. I'm not complaining though, Yasmin's story had me on edge of my seat. Although I do predict a lot of Ofcom complaints coming Corey way. Character of the week is Yasmin, and I give it four easy an easy four red dresses out of five. I couldn't think of what else to score out of. Don't worry, there's loads of options. Um, P.S. We still use text speak sometimes. Oh, you were asking about this, weren't you, Gemma? Um, it depends on the situation. I do agree it's somewhat dying out. There you go. Thank From you, From the young horse's in. mouth. <laughs> we, need, we needed a bit of young blood around these parts. <laughs> Gemma, would you like to read out Rebecca's uh, feedback for the week? Yep. She says, another good week in the Asher and Tanisha, in the Asher storyline and Tanisha oh, so Gorey. this is about last week's episode. This is last now. week, yeah. Have we, is this all last week's stuff yes. now? Okay. Another good week in the Asher story and Tanisha Gori is kick, knocking, kicking it, knocking it out of the park. Although Jimmy did some great work this week as Dev showing how troubled he felt about bringing them up on his own. I, th- I think we, we didn't really say enough um, in the street talk section today about how well Jimmy is, has been this week uh, uh, in the role. He's not at, at any moment this week hammed it up or made And it me really just goes to show you how good he is as an actor. They can kind of switch it on and off. Mm. And what the, that you know they've given him stuff before, which is just hammy, yeah. and but but I think it's it shows that he's really skillful. They can play the same character, and you still do believe that they're both Dev. Yeah, you know, like I don't watch it and go, oh, J- Jimmy's being too hammy. I go, oh, Dev's being a ham again. Mm. You know, it really does feel to me as though, as though J- uh, he is this really two dimensional. Even though he, even though he's um a more ca- caricature character. He does feel more three-dimensional because he has all these different sides. Yeah, it does make me wonder what Jimmy thinks when he's given the hammy stuff to do. But I don't mind the hammy stuff. I don't as mind much as you it, do. but no, I don't. I don't mind it particularly. Or, or, or what does he feel when he's given this sort of stuff to do? Does he like? Oh, I prefer to be. I don't know. Or is he like? At last, I get to show my Finally. acting credentials. <laughs> Um, Rebecca says, I'm also liking the connection between Asha and Ardy, and recasting Ardy is working well so far. Loving Amy again this week and loved how she threw the rubbish over Kelly. <laughs> like Gemma, I'm also interested why Gary's money isn't getting sent to Oak Hill and I'm wondering if her mother is taking it instead. Good call, Rebecca. I also appreciate It wasn't Charles from Stillwaters after all. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. 
I also appreciated the Mary and Dev scenes. Even though I thought Ken would make his way back to the street eventually, the whole Stillwater storyline seemed a bit quick. I'm also wondering if this is the last we'll see of Norris, and I hope not, as it would be a filler waste of bringing Malcolm back. Yeah, it could, it could well be the end of Norris and Frida. I mean, even Frida was... I don't even know, was she even in the last episodes? I'm not sure. But I suppose that's a, a possibility for will we see Claudia again if... If there's a possibility of seeing Norris again, there is also a possibility of seeing Claudia. Although it, it does, I mean, it's not like they're, you know, locked in still waters, are they? They are allowed to leave. So I suppose well, one could come out without the other. We we know that the reason that Malcolm Hebden left originally, and Rebecca knows as well, is that he had health issues and mm. perhaps that um, they're trying to give him sort of... Um, stints where they're they're sort of lengthy enough to have a story, but they've have to find ending points. Yeah, so and it's realistic. Say, look, guys, to say I'm this, is, this is why he's not been in yeah. it for a long time. Maybe they'll both come back as an item. Maybe he's going to kick Frida into touch, or maybe it'll be a love triangle between Norris, Frida, and and uh, Claudia. Claudia does seem like she might be attracted to power. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Rebecca says, Scott does remind me a bit of Robert, and I agree, or maybe Liz will bring the secret out of Scott. I'm assuming when Jenny and Johnny return, Peter and Carla will just leave the Rovers as they're just like a placeholder for them. Carla doing rubbish pints is still making me laugh, as old a joke that it is. Oh, they had Carla pulling a perfect point she did earlier right. this week, didn't she? She's and like, anyone got a phone? a phone? Let me take a photo with us. And she was wearing brown. Oh, she did wear a bit of brown this she week, She wasn't wearing she? black. She had a little kind of twee... It really didn't look like Carla Carla outfit to me. No, maybe it's like Stella's lingering influence it was that's a bit kind prim. of toning her down. Um, uh, the Sally stuff was just filler, although don't sell tiny. I agree. I'm also no, thinking the two best men will be sorted out soon. Also, just like you two, I had a little giggle at the whole Joe Sally wedding talk scene. That was when I was saying about how they're getting married in real life. Finally, even though the Yasmin and Jess stuff was short at the end of the week, I think it might ramp up again this week, although I could have done without the whole Love Doctor stuff. <laughs> Character of the Week is Dev, and I give it four. Weathy High group chats out of five. Thank you very much, Rebecca. And we will finish this week's podcast with an email from Richard. Who was it that told me off for saying that babies live in a room? I think we've had two or three people tell us that actually <laughs> babies don't all get put in a room together. <laughs> Why not? Just on TV or America, apparently. <laughs> How am I supposed to I've know? never, I've never seen a baby in a hospital. In fact, the only time I've seen a baby in a hospital, I think, was probably when my sister was born. And I that saw... Was, um, many years ago. Yeah, I've, I've seen a few babies in hospitals, but I didn't... You never found the room with all the babies. I was babies like, where's in? the baby observation suite? <laughs> <laughs> um, Richard Sorry, says, I didn't know. <laughs> Richard says, I've been in contact with Feedback for several months, but wanted to say a huge thanks for all you do in continuing to produce the podcast each week. Like a lot I of don't viewers, have a choice. Slash listeners, I'm finding the Yef slash Yasmin storyline very dark. Jeff, and will be pleased when the Jeffster gets his comeuppance. However, there have been isolated moments of dark comedy, such as Jeff's increasingly bizarre puns. Yazden Villa has been my favourite <laughs> so far. We didn't even mention that yeah. earlier. For non-UK listeners who might have been wondering what that was about, Aston Villa were a professional football club based in the Aston suburb of Birmingham. So I didn't even know that Aston Villa was Birmingham. You might. You should know that. Why? Because that's your neck Midlands. of the woods. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for typecasting you as someone who knows about the Midlands because you were born and lived there for the first 19 years of your life. You might recall, says Richard, that I'm writing a Courier trivia book. I do recall that. This has been on hold recently, but I'm planning to self-publish it in time for the show's 60th anniversary. 
Uh, that should that sounds like perfect timing to me. Yeah. That is it. That is it. Um, and thank you to the people. We've had a couple of people um, contacting us this week about the Patreon um, gifts that have uh, arrived. <gasps> we we did the Patreon. Well, Michael did. Michael made it. We made mugs. Oh, no, we did it together. You sat next to me I know. while I was doing this. I'm giving this. you credit, Michael. Just you take always, it gracefully. No, you always said that you don't have anything to do with this. You definitely do. We're a team. What was it, Gemma? If I'm fine to coast on glory. If you're subscribed on the uh, the Rovers Return um, level in Patreon, then hopefully yes. if you haven't re- received it already, you should be getting it very soon in the post. Yes. A lovely Conversation Street mug. <gasps> Yay, a mug. You can drink your tea and think of us. Yes, I hope you guys all like it and it all arrives safe and sound. Let us know if you haven't got one. Um, yeah, we'll see what we can we chase up. we send one I mean. out to everybody. Yeah, I'm sure it'll arrive uh, yeah, different times for different people. And thank you everybody for supporting us on Patreon, including Nancy, who we mentioned earlier, is a new patron this month. Yes. We are forever grateful and honestly, like... Uh, humbled by the fact that people actually would like to support us for waffling (laughs) (laughs) in an unhinged manner for a series of hours every week but we really appreciate your support and everybody who listens and anyone who interacts with us on social media or just nods when we're talking and spreads the word about the podcast to your other currently viewing friends yeah have we we haven't had any do we we have is this our feedback we haven't had another review it's a bit late i'm sorry i I, am i've lost my brain Gemma's losing her brain so we need to finish this podcast um, don't forget you can don't forget that you can review us on itunes if you think that we're good worth reviewing um and sorry i don't know i've suddenly lost all my power I'll, i'll take over from here I'm really, really interested to find out what everybody else thought about tonight's coronation, or this week's, but especially tonight's. Uh, and even if you absolutely hated it, please write in and oh, tell yeah. us. I'd be really interested to hear some opposing views to ours. I know not everybody thinks the same way as us. Uh, so do write in and, and tell us if you did or you didn't like it. Um, I'll look forward to reading out some of that next week. Yeah, I really like to hear other people's opinions about where they like... Oh, I forgot <laughs> Don't even try, Gemma. No point. If you want to email us, we're at conversationstreet at gmail.com. That's the best place to get in touch with us. And I know we've got a, a variety of avenues that you can use to send messages to us, but the email one I will definitely, definitely always check and remember to check each week when I'm getting together all the feedback for this podcast. But I you can also yeah. you can also send us messages on Instagram. You can tweet at us. Um, you can send us facebook messages you can send us messages via patreon if you want to if you uh, if you um support us there um you can you can you can go onto youtube and comment there if you want to this week on youtube we put up a character profile of sunita which came back from way back in episode 30, no 34 of the podcast uh, 34. yeah ages ago that when was when was... we were podcasting babies yes not podcasting old geriatrics old coots yeah um, yeah, so do get in touch because we always love to hear from you. I think you. we're running both an hour, Steam. Is that it? Have we done it? We had a long episode. Thank goodness it wasn't a six episode week this week. That's all I'm saying. That was too much intensity for me and it was only three. I'm really, I, I thought it was good. <laughs> what am I talking about? 
when, when this episode, opinion, when, when this episode gets um, gets put on the DVD, Gemma, that quote is going to be on the back of the box. I thought it was good. <laughs> my conversation. Well, this is why I say to you, if I make you dinner, are you like it? Four and a half stars. I thought it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs> <laughs>